We're back. <laughs> Pump Heads is officially back. Um, uh, today I'm joined by a friend of the pod. You have heard her on this podcast before. You've also heard her on Saving Sex in the City 3, which if you haven't listened to her episode, it's a must. Uh, it, it involves baking bread. Yes. Doesn't it? Yeah. There was, we talked yeah. about, uh, which I is believe, very... baking bread from yeast infections. Her chance. Yeah, which is very actually synchronistic with uh (laughs) (laughs) with and just like that within just like that but no I was gonna say with what is Ariana and Katie's like oh my god sandwich shop things Um, you can tell just by looking at her something something about her (laughs) why did you just say it like it was the title of a BuzzFeed article (laughs) that I don't know because I'm confused (laughs) but ladies and gentlemen it's Chrissy Malazzo. Thank Hi. you so much. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm a married woman now, so all the straight male listeners of this pod, just put your dicks away. <laughs> the 2% male <laughs> listener quotient, and I don't know what percentage of the 2% are straight. I think 100. in the female, 98%. <laughs> I think there are a lot of husbands that are mm-hmm. subjected to this podcast, but then totally. end up getting Stockholm syndrome and really love it. I have to say, my husband is has been a been a stan. Like he was yeah. introduced to the Bravo universe through me, but now he like when we get into the car, he's like put on sexy unique podcast. I love it. The the bar for husbands is so fucking low. Like <laughs> I'm not gonna talk shit on my husband because literally like. I, I literally deleted my Twitter because I had I couldn't complain about men anymore. Like that mm-hmm. was my whole thing throughout like my early 20s. And then it turns out once you're in like a constructive and healthy relationship where you're both held accountable to one another, you can't just fucking go online and talk about how your partner is a piece of shit. And yeah. also he cooks every meal. Wow. Like I'm literally I'm turning into Sheena now. I'm like, he can hang the TV in seven minutes. But you're a housewife, but it's earned. And it's like you locked it down. So even if you are talking about his TV hanging abilities, it's not as sad because you're actually married to each other. Yeah. I will say we don't have a TV. We have a projector. So I I don't know if he can hang a TV in seven minutes. Did he hang the projector? The projector sits on. So we, I live in Philadelphia, and if you're a sex murderer and you want to come find me, it would probably be pretty easy. <laughs> just saying. Just saying if anyone wants to. Um, we live in a row home because Philadelphia is, like, all row homes. And all that to say, yeah. just, like, our house is, like, very narrow. And we have mm-hmm. built-in bookcases in one spot, which is really cool. But it makes – they built them in in a way where they just built a bookcase on top of an existing wall. So although it looks built in, it just makes the room like a fucking foot narrower. So yeah. it's, it feels very, it it's giving basement. It's giving like closet. 
and condo mm -hmm. and so yeah the projector doesn't need to hang because it's like it we just put it on a shelf on the bookshelf put it and in it's the shelf so and... close to the other wall like I can put both my hands out almost and now I'm wow. exaggerating but yeah you're like Kanye visiting his childhood home when he... <laughs> yeah, except <laughs> for, for all my genius heads out there yeah except for it's when... the house that I rent now oh my god the genius doc I we need to talk because I we abandoned need to talk Kanye. about genius I, I don't abandoned know. Kanye a couple years ago, and I told you this, and you were like disgusted with me. And I actually don't even. I decided to forget that you told me that because I <laughs> was offended and shocked when you told me just now, yeah. and had completely erased anything. Like right. I don't even hold space for people that are anti Kanye. I just like yeah. choose to ignore, and so that they can still be a part of my life. I'm like back on my like this was it was also bad timing because like before he was like basically harassing Kim via Instagram <laughs> you know like before he was truly being like abusive you know mm -hmm. like in his posting in his posting before that like I would say I don't know like two weeks ago or something I was at a bar with my friend here here in Yield, Philadelphia and I was just I was my 24 year old self again just going off like I was like she said something about how Kanye like just you know so full of himself or whatever and I was like look society needs mad artists we need madness like sometimes someone is so like true madness is the ability to create like unfiltered and you can't you can't expect them to have good opinions you can't expect them to not like be shitty to the people around them he should have agree a to disagree yeah right you don't have to like their you don't have to like of everything that they no. do and all their actions but i'm but we need doctors lawyers around yeah creative psychopaths yeah you know? that's I'm the fabric of society yeah i don't <laughs> love that he like I think a lot of the times the rants and stuff and like the online behavior right. is in service of drumming up publicity for big releases sure. like Donna too and genius. And I, I wish for his sake and his family's sake that he would mm -hmm. go about things a little bit differently. Yeah. Just but then bit. I also am like, <laughs> do they know, like, does everyone know this and just expect this and have their way of dealing with it? And it actually yeah. is not that big of a deal to like Kim and everyone else. I mean, I don't, I have no idea. But, Wait, my friend, my friend Anna has an amazing take on this because she's a former yeah. lawyer. <laughs> she, her take is like, she loves the role reversal that's happening where Kim is like typically in a divorce. And when you're fighting over custody, like women are portrayed as the emotional erratic ones and dads mm -hmm. are the checked out ones. And not that Kim is checked out of her parents' life or her children's life. That's not what I'm saying. But she just loves that. Like now the masculine cold one like Kim is like being like, please, can you act rationally? Like, please, can you just have a private conversation? And he's like, I love you. I love you. <laughs> and like, can't, you know, it's like totally emotional for him and he can't act in his own best interests. And that was my point to my friend the other night to bring it back to my own argument. Um, he like, he can't act in his own best interests. That's what I find endearing about him. Like, mm -hmm. He's, I don't know. I just have a, I, I have trouble like getting, like expecting him to like act in a way that I think I would act because I, I just know that his brain does not work like any other persons I've ever met. Yeah. And that's like kind of the magical thing about him and part of why he's endured for so long or mm -hmm. just why he can be 
so groundbreaking in his like art and business endeavors literally in genius like in the netflix doc the first part of it that's out if you guys haven't listened <laughs> wait Need why did i say watch. listen watch <laughs> <laughs> i literally only know how to consume things as podcasts now i'm like i have just my eyes, your eyes you could also just close your eyes and listen to genius because it does have you a could. voiceover that's like telling you yeah. everything you need to know it is a very podcasty tv show Mm-hmm. Um, but in it, I, when he was saying that he like in it, a young Kanye is saying that he makes beats and in order to be able to make his own music, like he's like, I get to make and sell beats. And then I don't like, I'm trying to get a record deal, but I don't like, I don't need to get the first one that's offered to me because I have enough money to have my own time. And yeah. that to me was, I was like. <laughs> I I feel like so broken in my brain. I was like, that's podcasting. I was no, like, that <laughs> I literally was talking to my therapist last week and telling her like, because I've been on a financial journey for the past like four mm-hmm. to five years of just like you had the IRS after you. Yeah, like I had like before starting to podcast like full time had basically lost everything Mm -hmm. was like in the hole to the IRS and just like so broke basically like homeless air Airbnb in my apartment and staying at like a friend's house and have since then like I have my own like successful podcasting business that I run Mm -hmm. and I was talking to my therapist and like saying like whatever I want to do next, like I can take my time with it because this is like the base of my income and like such a solid foundation to build off of Yeah, that like, it's all good. Like what I can, like Mm -hmm. whatever is next is all good. And so just my fellow Gemini King, Kanye, I just (laughs) He invented podcasting. And I'm just like, God love him. And I also, like, I can't resist anything he does. Like, I have bought – I have a Yeezy Gap hoodie in my closet. Oh, my God. Yeah, you do. Um, You have have, – I know you have several Yeezys, like, sneakers. I only have one pair now. Oh, okay. I sold sold all my other pairs. Um, (laughs) Shout out – fucking grail. Shout out to Poshmark. Yeah. (laughs) Wait, I've been been on a Posh journey recently, but not to – like, I – I'm finally 31 years old buying. I'm seeing the value in buying nice clothes because mm-hmm. my whole, my charm, just so everyone knows, cause you can't see me visually right now, but my charm in the past was that I dressed like shit and I still looked cute sort of sometimes, <laughs> like, <laughs> but like my whole thing was that I was like messy and like my hair looked messy and I was wearing a cheerleader skirt and a crop top and like, isn't that kind of indie? <laughs> it's very indie I it was a very indie aesthetic that I was um rocking with I think I saw like a video for sleigh bells when I was in like college and I was like you know what maybe that's just my full-time look but anyway I started to sell all of my shitty clothes on Poshmark in order to perhaps buy one good article of clothing at a time and it's really working out for me like I suggest everyone if you think your clothes cannot make any money you're wrong. You can make like $3 off of a you whole thing. You are absolutely wrong if you it. think there are people out there that don't want to buy your clothes. Like, yeah. I, I've i sold so much on Poshmark that I would never be able to sell like, Anywhere to, like else. Wasteland or going around. Oh my and God. No. I, I, Wasteland, enjoy... they tell you to like, 
they like spit in your face at wasteland yeah they're like you're a piece of shit fuck off and take your bag of clothes elsewhere basically like every consignment store i've ever been to has been like forever 21 walk in the traffic (laughs) you whore but poshmark (laughs) is literally like your old workout leggings yeah love them want them. them Yeah, I bought, so, a, I bought a bathing suit from someone on Poshmark. That's a place I, I never thought I would be. Three bathing suits on Poshmark. Yeah. So, I mean, there's like a market out there. And I also just love like uh, not throwing clothes away or like <laughs> yeah. just donating them to somewhere where they'll, where they'll get like bagged up and then sold to like a person in Malaysia that will then right. list them on Etsy and sell them back to a person in America. Right. I mean, it's yeah. just, yeah. Poshmark is a very uh, empowering place for me. Like, it's a great marketplace. I highly and recommend. And this actually brings us back to what we were talking to with, uh, talking about with Kanye. Like when you were saying you were talking to your therapist about um, basically having enough money to live so that mm-hmm. you don't have to take every single job that comes your way. Like that is when people say, you know, money can't buy happiness. Like that saying is the most criminal thing we've ever heard because there is absolutely a baseline amount of money that buys a piece for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, when I had credit card debt, like, and I'm a very fucking privileged person. I'm not saying that to like get <laughs> snaps for being aware of my privilege, but because like just having what felt like an insurmountable level of credit card debt when I was like 24, 25 made me like I couldn't think about anything else. I really wasn't yeah. capable of like thinking about like, oh, okay, I want to just like write a book because I want to, or I want to just like write a post or write like write whatever or do whatever. Like I had, I was just, I moved to LA immediately went into debt and then was just spending the rest of my time there, like panicking about how much debt I was in, how I felt like a fraud. Yeah. And you get to a place where you feel like for me, it felt like I was, drowning or Mm -hmm. like I was just underwater just like desperately trying to swim but never being able to make it to the surface and it felt and was in that state for years probably and then not to like not to abruptly change the subject but I bet you that's how Amanda and Kyle feel in their marriage (laughs) because Uh, great transition (laughs) (laughs) a plus transition Yeah, we have to do a little summer house <laughs> chat. And full disclosure, we literally yeah. recorded like 25 minutes of in- great intro material before so I good, realized that I was not even recording Chrissy's <laughs> audio. So we're on round two, and that's okay. Maybe and you could release your audio as a Patreon exclusive, mm-hmm. and they'll just you get can just your hear monologue. my side. Yeah. yeah. And you guys can imagine what I might have said. That might be fun for some of you guys if you're really, really fucking depressed and you have nothing to do. (laughs) And you love the podcast that much that you would just listen. I know there are people out there that are like, release it. And I I love you guys. I love that. Right. Okay, wait. So summer house. Summer house. Journeys. Kyle and Amanda, Kymanda, they need to break up. They do yeah. not need to get married, but we but do there's know a lot that they of, get married. There's a lot of money riding on the look. I just got married this fall, and my wedding was reasonably expensive as weddings go. They're all fucking expensive because yeah. they just are. 
And what was your full- most expensive expense? Well, so, okay, my parents fucking paid for my wedding, like, full Hell stop. Yeah. And what you find out when you're, because basically, like, me and my, my husband got engaged um, last year. And, like, when we got engaged, obviously, like, we're telling my parents, telling everyone, you know, and my dad was, like, great. Like, my, my dad is, is a bit of a withholding Italian patriarch. <laughs> like, he's not very um, he's expressive. Stoic. Yeah, you ever seen The Sopranos? He's kind of like Tony, but if Tony like didn't ever say how he felt, <laughs> like, um, just kidding. Love you, Dad. Um, he won't listen to this. What am I saying? But he like your dad to me. I don't know him. I've never met him. Yeah. I've maybe seen one picture, but I imagine yeah. maybe like a Richie Aprile, a Richie Aprile um, kind of vibe. No? He looks okay. like he looks like a combination of De Niro and Borat physically or looked like when Mm -hmm. I was growing up he had a very thick mustache he's very I mean he he's a tall imposing man you know and like he is a boomer so like he's not effusive with his emotions and I was we went into it being like we're gonna do our own thing we're gonna like get married at the courthouse and have a dinner with our friends like we're just not gonna spend all that money on it because some people really value it the Kyles and Amandas of the world. <laughs> and like, I I just didn't want to. And I thought it was going to be our own money. And then as soon as we said we were engaged, my dad was like, it is my honor to pay for your wedding. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I don't know why I whispered that. And I was like, yes, daddy. You know, like I just fucking melted. Because like, yeah. even as an adult, when your parents are proud of you for something and you just want to make them happy because they're your parents and you want to give back to them. So we did mm-hmm. a a bigger wedding than we thought we would. And it was still small. It was still like 80 people, like, which is small when you're looking at like half of those people are my parents, friends and family and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, all of that to say, like, so it wasn't our expense that we incurred, but like mm-hmm. the, I was just very shocked by like the rentals of different objects. Like, because when you're paying for food, you're like, yeah, I know what I'm paying for. You're paying for alcohol at the, great like you're spending all the money on these things that you get to consume and enjoy and and it's fun (laughs) i'm like it's not fun but the like the heaters like the heater rental like the outside heaters the tent like these things that are heaters tent tables chairs tablecloths i mean forks i think the heaters were like three thousand dollars for just three heaters for like a night and we didn't use them because it was like not that cold yeah, that kind of stuff, like, <laughs> like stuff like that, where it was just like, again, wh- like, my parents were paying for this. And so it's, it's a totally different experience than someone who is paying for it themselves. But yeah, it's still you're, you're watching the, the balance sheet. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, that's a vacation. I know that. And that's like the crazy thing to me about weddings is like, I don't know if we're even going to like move out of this as a culture because people do really value like a wedding. And I Mm -hmm. think maybe I don't know if my parents have I don't know what they think about me getting married (laughs) or if they like. I don't know what they think about me at all. (laughs) No, and I don't know like if they this is not a conversation I've ever had with them of like if I got married are you gonna do you want to pay for something because Mm -hmm. I don't I'm don't care about 
a wedding yeah. or like whatever and I'd rather if they I don't even think that they have money to do that nor would I expect them to but if they did I'd be like let's just get a house instead or like right. use it on something yeah. that like is not gonna incur that many line items yeah but it's just interesting like it's just I think, interesting I mean it's it's like you like I had never expressed a desire to my parents to get married as like a priority for me like it just wasn't mm-hmm. some people really like they imagine their wedding when they're younger and that's yeah. okay and that's fine you know but I just didn't have that and so we had never discussed it my parents were not the type of being like hey when are you gonna get married like that just wasn't a pressure that was put on me so it, I was shocked like completely shocked that they were like we this is something we want and if you will let us like we would like to fund this and I was like how do I say I didn't know how to say no to that and I'm glad that we did it but at the same time if I wasn't bringing this back to summer house if I was in a relationship that was rocky in in a way that was like we I don't know if we're gonna make it down the aisle I can't imagine what that would have been like because I had my parents like hopes dreams and money invested in this so like i'm imagining i think that like amanda's (laughs) i know we're here to talk about vanderpump rules but for one second we need to like chat summer house i need to say that amanda's like contract that she had signed with kyle that says like do you remember this she was like i have a contract with kyle that says if the wedding gets called off he owes me money or something like he has to pay for all the cancellation <laughs> stuff. And I'm like, if you get to a point where you're <laughs> signing a contract. Contingency that, documents. Yeah. Like that should be the sign that you don't need to get married. The like, flags are And on that's fire. the thing is if is in these shows, like you see these young people in the generation of like Summer House and Vanderpump Rules who are going through with weddings mm-hmm. where every sign points to like, do don't. not do it. Don't do this. Like right. Sheena and Mike Shea, don't do it. And like, where I guess they were even more like, they were less rocky than Tom and Katie. I don't know. Or Jackson Brittany. <laughs> I think on its on their on its face and then all the sure. shit came up like yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But like these younger generation Bravo celebrities, like we watch them get into marriages that mm-hmm. are clearly not going to work out in their best interests and then like the older generations of like housewives, we watch them right they're in relationships that have run their course or they're like hurtling towards divorce. Mm-hmm. But it's fascinating that like a lot of the drama especially on bravo is contingent on like relationships like bad relationships and main either maintaining them for entertainment's sake or ending them publicly watching them like burn in flames for entertainment's sake i mean like that's why i that's why i brought up my own experience in the first place at all is that a i'm self-involved but be like the I know how stressful it is when your wedding is coming up and all you want to do is get to that day and have it be over and it doesn't even become a source of joy anymore at all because you're like 
you're thinking about all of the different logistical things that you have to do and all of the different friends that have to sit together and talk together. And even though it's like, everyone will tell you like, don't worry about it. It's gonna, it's gonna go how it's gonna go. You can't control the weather. You can't control whatever. And like, I didn't have any like hopes and dreams set on a wedding, but then once you're planning something like that, you just feel responsible for everything. And so what I'm saying is like, put a camera on anybody who's planning a wedding or anybody in like the months before their wedding and even the most perfect relationship and healthy people would show cracks. However, <laughs> like watching this was like, I've never felt so much like I was watching a horror movie and it's like, get out of the house, get out of the house, get out of the house. Like, I'm like, just press pause. Just don't horror sign movie any that papers. You know the ending too. Like, right. you know, we all know <laughs> like, they got married. Like, we saw it on Instagram. Like, it happens. Yeah. So you're just watching them day after day decide to do something that is just like. It's like watching Dante's do- Inferno. They're just like yeah, going and like further like, and further into hell. I hope that. Kyle gets sober but then also I guess can you have like an alcohol brand can you be the CEO or founder of an alcohol brand and get sober in the middle of it while also trying to like build this brand that you I guess eventually try and sell to like a Budweiser or big alcohol corporation what's fascinating to me is that like I I, I've had those thoughts, but I've also been thinking about it watching Summer House from the perspective of like, do they have any investors or anyone who they are like beholden to to do numbers? Because it sounds like Kyle is deeply in debt for this business, which I know is not the same as like personal debt, obviously. But like, it just, I think he says a number at some point, like he took out like a $4 million like line of credit or, or something, mm-hmm. something like where the number sounds fucking insane. And then I was just thinking like, if I'm watching this show and Loverboy is a brand that's predicated on like, have fun when you're drinking. And then the like CEO and founder and poster boy for these products is like having a mental breakdown every time he drinks. Like I would be like concerned as like a distributor, you know what I mean? I'm like, if you if you drink our espresso, our canned espresso martini beverage, you're gonna like get a divorce. But he's always been like that, so it's not like, it's like that. Not a good it's ad. not like he was a great drinker <laughs> and a responsible yeah. consumer of alcohol no, before right. Loverboy, yeah. and then Loverboy <laughs> came into the mix and things went off the rails. It's like he's always been TBD. So like, yeah, I wouldn't blame that. I would say I don't know if they have investors. I feel like maybe they don't, and he's put his own money into it, which is smart. And I think the brand yeah. awareness is so strong, and it's the easiest product placement to have like the whole idea is very genius but I don't know if genius is the right word (laughs) I feel like the best thing to do is like to try and sell Loverboy to like a huge liquor company as soon as possible right so that it's just like you can pay back the debts have some money and like move on to the next project and maybe because, like, stop Carl... drinking for even just like a year yeah stop drinking I think Amanda needs to like not work for him anymore I can't imagine mm-hmm. being in a relationship where you work together and then you're also yeah. in a relationship and married and also I... like why won't he let her get a dog 
I know. Like, that's, that's something. fucking crazy to me. I, he literally joked, like, because you'll love the dog more than me. But I was like, maybe it's because she wouldn't have time to take care of a dog and also, like, clean up his vomit and stuff. Yeah, you know or I mean? like that joke really freaked me out. It was so out. dark. Even and if like it's a joke, it's like that's not funny. <laughs> it was so scary. Like it was so scary and just like deranged. And I, I just watching them is not fun. Like watching the rest of the house. Like I, Paige is fun to watch. Like Carl is fun to watch in a different, more satisfying and rewarding way. <laughs> and like each character sort of has their own way that they're compelling but I don't like watching Amanda and Kyle anymore because I'm just like it's like it's basically the same feeling as watching Jackson Brittany was where you're just like yeah. this is both these people are becoming worse and worse and worse and more unwatchable and more unsufferable and the more they like cling to one another and the identity of the show and as the show's like central couple and the more that becomes not true, the the worse it gets. Like, cause they are just like kind of imploding from the inside as they realize like this show isn't built around us anymore. I think that's also part of their relationship is like, we're the first man and wife of this house. Yeah. And, like, and their relationship is predicated on like maintaining the show and maintaining now a brand that right. it's just it's not good and I see Amanda's light being mm-hmm. drained mm-hmm. I used to think of her as being like the most fashionable girl on the show and just being I like I loved her outfits and her hair and her beauty and I just was like very about it yeah. and this season is the first season where I just don't feel like that at all and right. I think that that has a lot to do with like the Kyle effect on their relationship and I, but I like watching them still because I like dysfunction and they I haven't like darked me out. They haven't darked me out to a level of Jackson, Whitney, I guess. <laughs> Jackson, Brett. <laughs> the people that I really didn't know, I actually love every couple that's like completely dysfunctional. Yeah. It makes me like, feel smug and happy to be single. Yeah. I think it's with Kyle. I just, I remember, I think we were talking about this earlier. Maybe I can't remember if we already said that. But like no, we've been the I've been both the Kyle and the Amanda, and the Amanda in separate relationships. Like the yeah. person who wants the other person to get better, please, 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 and I can see the other side for you. Please get better, and then also the person who's totally dysfunctional and is not changing. And every weekend is like, this is the weekend that I finally change, and maybe I'll put down the bottle. And it's just really like not fun to me to like watch them like circle the drain. Because I'm like, I know what's going to happen. I know they're going to get married. And like, I, I I don't know. I just have no hope that they're going to like resolve their issues at all. Yeah. I don't think that they will. But who knows? Maybe they'll enter a new phase this summer. Maybe they'll start still... a new brand. <laughs> yeah. Or like maybe it'll get better after the wedding or something. Like they've yeah. never been really a model relationship or a relationship totally. that I would personally want. But also do you think that next like if Lindsay and Carl t- are together that's gonna really who gets upset the master them. suite. I know. Like I, They've I always gotten say, master suite privilege being a couple. And I guess they get like, they have like marital privilege, which I don't believe in. Sorry to you. for. The- <laughs> <laughs> I was, 
I my face was I was starting to go to like a dark place because I was started thinking about Hannah Burner because I I think that they lost their master suite privilege the day that she like squirted all over their bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> when her when her fucking comedian boyfriend came in Ooh. and just gave her the orgasm of her life. <laughs> I am. I can't say I miss Hannah Burner at all. <laughs> like the ability to move on from a place of Hannah Burner, like so seamlessly happened. I found I was like, wait, she used to be on the show. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Like she doesn't even seem like she would fit into this world anymore. Her, and like I miss her because I miss her complete erratic. She was sort of the Kanye of the show for me, where she could she not be contained. She could not be managed. And no. that I will never have a more joyful moment with Summerhouse than when I was watching her and Kyle argue and like Kyle was being very rational. Like he was he said she brought up her dad and then Kyle mm-hmm. had a rational response and then she was like by, by the way, don't you ever bring up my dad. Like, don't ever talk about my family. And then yeah, retreated never. only to come back at dinner and be like, Kyle, you're the man. You're like, the man. Have a- she something went awry the pandemic broke her i know and i what is she doing now comedy i wish (laughs) i do wish that she and des like i would have loved if they appeared for just an episode to come to the house for a weekend just because their relationship was so i think the door is kind of open for them and i wonder if she'll come back because i ought to be real it's not like i'm reading the the dailies all the time but i have not heard i've not heard a, a whisper of of hannah burner's name <laughs> no life. she's like been she's erased. been disappeared she's been raptured from the bravo universe absolutely leftovers gone gone and... she truly was raptured <laughs> it's so fascinating but i do think she the way she like presented it like i know that basically like the bravo fandom like hates her and like wanted her gone but she the way she announced it was like i'm moving on to focus on my comedy so i i don't think it was necessarily unless you have intel but i don't i have no intel i don't think it was necessarily like door shut forever i i'm hopeful that maybe she can make she can come back for just an episode or two where she like stirs things up ruins everyone's weekend absolutely ruins the weekend she's such a negative vibe she literally ruins the vibe every time she's around or yeah such a positive vibe that she (laughs) ruins the vibe (laughs) like makes everyone question everything because she's doing so well you think she's doing well do you think I have she no pulled, clue. Wait. I don't keep up. I think she does still podcast with Paige and their podcast That's crazy. Well. That's but crazy. again, I don't really keep up with people like outside of just watching them. Who the fuck is TV. listening to ha- to Giggle Squad? Who is that I think, for? Like, a lot of people. <laughs> I think so you would be shocked. I'm by that. shocked at I'm just shocked. like the podcasts that people will listen to that aren't yeah. sexy unique podcasts yeah besides this one besides yeah like this i one. totally understand why people would listen to any podcast that i've ever done but i don't understand <laughs> i would say 90 percent of other podcasts and their listenership <laughs> today I, I went to lunch with some some regular old philadelphia friends today 
and my one friend was like she was like what are you doing later and I was like oh I'm like doing my friend's podcast and she was like oh what's it about and I was like the Bravo universe and she was like what's Bravo and I was like uh. <laughs> I was like wow and then I I just felt like like wow. what is what is Bravo a what woman Bravo? said that a woman wow. said that yeah and then she was like then she came to sort of like then I was like oh Bravo is the real housewives and she was like oh oh my god yeah of course Mm-hmm. and okay. I was I was like but you've never like watched that right and she was like no and I was like whoa so it's possible that there are a lot of people these people do exist that might listen to a, like a bravo podcasters podcast like a I'm talking Hannah Burner. I'm talking Paige DeSorbo and they might just listen because they think they're like they like them as people <laughs> like yeah I'm just not, like I'm a not, total discovery yeah. they could they like came into their life and they're like wow these two women with this like fun friendship yeah I'm not accusing my friend of that I'm just saying that made that gave me the awareness that that exists (laughs) I like thinking of your friend thinking of Bravo is just like still airing like inside the actor's studio (laughs) (laughs) your like she exists in a world of Bravo of like 2001 to 2002 musical theater review mm-hmm. just like yeah. kind of airing like old rom-coms mm-hmm. and then like james lipton right yeah you should actually you should maybe pod about inside the actor's studio maybe inside sure. inside the actor's studio that's not a bad idea okay so here's the deal <laughs> i took a long extended hiatus from talking right. about vanderpump rules because it was truly bringing me down in every way shape and form Mm -hmm. and it is important to honor the fact that this podcast did begin and its Mm -hmm. namesake is based off of Vanderpump Rules and it's the show that started it all so I'm coming I'm back to finish up this episode I can't make any promises for what will happen next season. I hope mercifully the show is canceled for my own (laughs) selfish benefit because I don't know. But I will say that these last four episodes, I was like, okay, I I think we're back in a lot of ways. I do want people to hear you very eloquently described on a portion of the audio that wasn't fully captured that your break from Vanderpump Rules in this last month or so was really sort of a food elimination diet of sorts. It was almost a cleanse. I was feeling tired, anxious, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and overwhelmed from even having to deal with or think about or watch the show. And I did just completely go away from it. I just stopped Mm -hmm talking about it I stopped watching it for about a month I would say you flushed it out I flushed it out and now I've slowly reintroduced it to see how it makes me feel like if it makes me break out or it gives me diarrhea and so far so good and I think it's it, it feels nice to be back and I think these last four episodes showed me a version of Vanderpump Rules that I could live with and could be maybe good I think there's a major lesson here and it's that if some if doing something whether it's your job or the city you live in 
or the reality TV that you're voluntarily consuming just for pleasure, if those things feel like medieval torture, you can just stop doing them mm -hmm. and then see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. And you I do felt... have the power to stop and come back. Huge lesson to people in this day and age is that you yeah. actually don't have to do anything that you don't want to do like right. when it comes to consuming certain forms of entertainment right you don't ever have to like watch something or mm -hmm. listen to something or talk about something that makes you feel bad so I was experimenting yeah. with that because I felt like it was my duty and responsibility to like talk about the show right. but I was also like I fucking hate this show and I it makes me feel like shit to have to like ask other people mm -hmm. to talk about it with me <laughs> and like to have to watch it just feels like a job and the whole reason that I started yeah. podcasting is because it didn't feel like a job so right. But then it's like, I know that there are certain listeners that really do care about it still or really mm -hmm. depend on it. And I felt bad that like, I know how I would feel if my favorite podcast just like stopped publishing all of right. a sudden and I like didn't have an explanation for it. And I felt bad, but not that bad because obviously this podcast <laughs> like... <laughs> I, d I mean, I felt I was like, oh, but then I knew that Aww. I'm still doing like two episodes a week with right. Carrie and like bonus episodes. Right. So I'm like, well, you can just deal with it. But I will finish this out. Yes. Do the final four and then take a much needed long term break. It's and then like we'll a just gap see. year. It's yeah. like you start a degree. Sometimes you don't finish it, but sometimes you're there to finish what you started just a little mm -hmm. later, just on God's schedule. Yeah, and on yeah. my own terms. Right. And it feels like I've wrested back control from right. something that I felt was trying to control me. Yeah. We're empowered now to discuss this episode, which interestingly is titled Between a Brock and a Hard Place, which was very confusing for me when you asked me to podcast about this because your last episode about Vanderpump Rules was a podcast titled Between Brock and a Hard Place. Yeah, like I incepted right. the title from <laughs> them. I guess there are only so many puns on the name Brock that one yeah. are, is going to think of. And so it just proves that you are like emotionally so empathically intertwined with the producers and editors of the show. It just it just proves the synergy that we're working with. Right now. Yeah. And I mean, this show has been like a driving force of my life for right. so long that literally animates you just have you. to like, yeah, I had to like divorce myself from it somewhat and right. realize that I am my own person and mm -hmm. Vanderpump Rules is its own sad thing. Right. And those two things, <laughs> even though they, they exist may feel independently intertwined yeah they exist completely independently yeah. of each other so right. now I feel like and I'm very glad to not have my identity wrapped up solely in yeah. Vanderpump Rules it's wrapped up in other Bravo shows yeah it's just wrapped up in lols and really if, yeah right it's wrapped yeah. up in joy and Vanderpump mm -hmm. Rules not exactly the most joyful place no but but we will talk about it. <laughs> we will be talking about it. This so episode cool. opens with uh, uh, everyone getting ready to 
either jet off to Santa Inez or jet over to Brock. Santa Santa Inez, Inez, as Raquel would say. My queen. Yeah. Um, Grandma Buttons is going to come to Santa Inez. Huge. Absolutely huge. huge. James is very worried about his mother coming to Santa Inez, (laughs) which obviously for obvious reasons. She's great energy, and I would watch a show yeah. that's just about her. I wish there was a show about her and Kristen Doty driving across the country, fight to the death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, James like was joining so, forces. James was so lucid about the fact that he dated Kristen's crazy ass because she was his mother. Like I, mm-hmm. I rewatched his his original like entree into the show like recently, like last month, and he's fully like cognizant like he's like yeah i'm dating Kristen because she is like my fucked up mom who treats me like her sweet little baby boy model baby sweetie yeah like (laughs) exactly like like his mom he found he like when you know psychologists when the psychoanalysts say you date your parents they were talking about james and Kristen dodie and And i'm not gonna pretend like I haven't been there where I've like literally lusted after or dated a person that is like the exact replica of my oh, dad. Yeah, of but I feel not. like yeah. when you do that, it's meant to be an eye opening, like mm-hmm. something you learn and grow and evolve from. It's not the end all be all. It's not where the buck stops. Really, I think it damaged wise. James forever. So yeah, I so his think- mom's gonna be there. <laughs> So his mom is sober now and she's gonna be there and i do wish we actually had footage of her getting wasted and blackout at thanksgiving yeah. and just like coming for raquel's mom's wig because that would have been that's the footage i crave I vanderpump rules holidays would be a good subset of the show that we've never really experienced they should only film them them on holidays like they could film them like i'm just thinking about pride when the orlando Mm -hmm. shooting happened and then katie (gasps) maloney said i cannot go into work because of this like we need more just like i'm like let's film them on like martin luther king day and see like what they have to say and like let's film them yeah they have a lot to say ready to pop the question The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Laura, what's the first thing you'd do if you had a little more time in the day? Mm, I'd probably just spend even more time with Tony than I already do. That's the best answer 
you could get. I spend most of my life wishing that Tony and I had more time together on this planet. It's scary to think about mortality and time passing. I do a lot of that. Don't we know it? But you know what can help when it comes to obsessive, intrusive thoughts about the passage of time and mortality and the fact that all of our dogs will die someday? What? Therapy. Oh, I've been in therapy since my mid-20s and it's been an on and off thing. Sometimes I'm in it, sometimes I'm not, but I always feel better when I'm consistently going to therapy. I think it's probably the most important thing you can do for yourself if you can do it. I agree 100%. I've had pretty radical life changes over the past five to 10 years. And a huge part of that has been thanks to finding a therapist and working with a therapist regularly to like help me break some negative patterns, negative thought processes, and overall become a version of myself that I really love. Also, the past five years has been extremely chaotic and destabilizing for so many of us. I think therapy is even more vital now than it's ever been for everyone in the history of time. (laughs) (laughs) If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SexyUnique today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash SexyUnique. I think we should only roll camera on holidays or holiday weekends and then have those be like just the markers of time. Yeah. As opposed to just being like, we're going to film for like three or four months. Yeah. And also like criminal that we never got cameras on them at Coachella because that was also one of the most thrilling moments of my life when Mm -hmm. I saw a few Vanderpump Rules cast members at Coachella and I saw them fighting and I was like, (gasps) they're doing it they're doing it it's really happening and there's no one to capture it and I just think that that's what's worth capturing yeah I do feel like Raquel has grown so much now like and I'm proud of her it's amazing that she could grow within this program yeah and I remember like where she was when we I remember when we first saw her Mm -hmm. on camera and I was just so taken aback and enthralled <laughs> by this like slow speaking lady. And now it's like, wow, she's really coming to her own. What a gorgeous, like kind hearted yeah. woman. Responsible, accountable, vulnerable queen. Mm-hmm. Brock's home body shoot <laughs> is perplexing to say the least. And home body... Mm-hmm. Is it does it exist now or is it still in just like building phase? I couldn't bring myself to Google this, but I had an important note about just the homebody aesthetic. Like Mm -hmm. Rob had Sheena in this sports bra that was that's fully built for underboob to come out of it. And then later on he said that the the homebody idea is only fans but for working out. (laughs) and I just I am very confused by what that means because what he's describing is essentially YouTube no or Patreon like 
a or direct just porn. Right. Pick a lane. Like either show hole on a yoga mat <laughs> or like or I don't know, teach people how to work out using Peloton. But like basically he created a business model that doesn't need to exist like at all. But then the the merch that he created around this app or whatever it is is fucking unwearable in a fitness context unless you're so trying I'm... to like literally lift up the the flap of the bra to like breastfeed but it didn't mm-hmm. look like a comfortable fit for that yeah. <laughs> like, and i know sexy workout wear is a thing obviously but i don't think that's what he was actually going for like i feel like he referenced only fans to reference it's like subscriber model and not like the porn aspect (laughs) yeah i am i'm confused by that analogy and i just sent you a link to the homebody website because i was (laughs) because i was like i need to know more a when you go to homebodylivefitness.com none of the vanderpump Uh rules people are showing up in like the shoot footage that they collected okay all we have right now is a wait list it's a so sign it's a up wait to list. join our waitlist. The live streaming fitness platform designed by creators for creators. Yeah, looking at the photos, I'm not seeing um, anyone. So if you're like a soul cycle instructor, <laughs> Brock is proposing that like you would then join his app, Homebody, uh-huh. to sell live streaming workouts and merch right to your followers oh my god i'm looking at their about page and it's like our mm-hmm. team and it says brock davies co-founder comma ceo slash visionary mm-hmm. i don't know if you can get that visual there so it says locations los angeles manhattan <laughs> and miami yeah I don't know what's, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the homebody offices. I think they would be better off just creating a a better version of OnlyFans because a lot of like sex workers are mad at OnlyFans because they're like the percentages they take and stuff are like all fucked up. And there are tons of reasons, like go read a sex worker's timeline to learn Mm -hmm. all the reasons that they hate OnlyFans. And so Brock could actually if someone were to create a better OnlyFans, I'm sure many people are already cracking away at this, but like, what a fucking idiot for him to be like, let's make the fitness OnlyFans. It's like, dude, just that make exists. <laughs> like, yeah, Literally, like, all these people can do that on Zoom and have their own website and then right. not have to go through your website, which I the business model would be that you right. take a percentage of their stuff. It's just like... But it also is like that classic Vanderpump Rules thing where they're they just don't have business acumen to like bring something new to the marketplace. It is is... interesting that this show has become like the worst Shark Tank in the world, like the absolute (laughs) like worst like think tank ever. Because like they started, I feel like the first business that was started on this show was Jax's like cardigan line. Yeah, he's always been the entrepreneur (laughs) of the group. (laughs) And then he had his um, Just Add X, like, drink mix that then, that was with, like, Lance Bass, and Lance Bass, like, disavowed it. (laughs) He had Just Add X. Then he and Brittany had Mama's Beer Cheese. Um, 
and then and uh, what else? Yeah, the only thing that have even marginally Stassi's, succeeded. Like, Stassi's like Stassi statement pucker necklaces. Pucker and pout. Um, Todd's remember Stassi's with- statement necklaces though? Oh my god, that's right. That sad apartment that she had with uh, Patrick, where she would design <laughs> statement necklaces on like a little carpeted balcony. Her loft. She had like a mm-hmm. sad. He like her artist. Loft. <laughs> he relegated her to the artist loft. He, he was said, like, "Babe, I have like a job. You need to like go." He make was your- downstairs like podcasting and like banging other women openly Mm -hmm. and she was like i'll just be upstairs she was like quasimodo like in the fucking (laughs) just tinkering away at her giant necklaces i'm (laughs) glad that she was able to like break free and come into her own just as like because that's such a sad sad state to be in and and not playing to her strengths but i do deeply begrudge saucy and feel like a huge triggering sense of jealousy at her level of success that she's achieved have you talked on the pod yet about her book like the new one no actually i think we need to really quick have a little a side convo all together we need to bring this to the red table (laughs) like i there's some healing that needs to happen for there is actually and maybe healing that needs to happen more than a few listeners like fast forward if you're not ready to heal but Stassi (laughs) has been able which I knew I knew knew this was happening from the second that she got canceled and fired and Mm -hmm. at first my first reaction was like (laughs) oh she might be done yeah my second reaction was knowing that she then stepped out or dropped news dropped that she was pregnant within like 48 hours Uh of that. And she was like paparazzi walking down a street somewhere. I was like, Oh, this bitch is just getting started. She will not let go. She will not not let us. She will not let us write her off. And that's when I knew like, this is now the wheels are turning and she will come back stronger and bigger. Yes than ever before and it is merely a matter of time and all those who were the loudest detractors they manifested this into the mix if we had just let her like flame herself out like we created this monster i'm gonna disagree with you on that count just the last one only because i think stassi I really shy away from calling anyone a narcissist because I think it's overdiagnosed in modern culture and that it's really more that we're living in, you know, the fucking, the age of narcissism, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. However, star, Starcy. <laughs> Starcy. Starcy. So isn't her name actually Natasha? Nastasia. Nastasia, Russian queen. She will, she would not allow like there was no way that she was ever going to be done for because she would never walk away from a situation being like, wow, I like, even if she hadn't gotten removed from the Bravo show, let's say she got to even keep her job, right? Let's say Bravo, Mm -hmm. the cultural climate wasn't such that they were held to this standard of having to fire her, right? Let's say they kept her. She still would never have come out of that situation being like, wow, I've really done some damage and hurt some people and felt like, she would not feel profound guilt. I still don't think that she's felt profound guilt based on the no. way that she's acting. And obviously you cannot know. I'm I'm not saying like I 
like Stasi's apology matters to me. Also as a white woman, obviously like I'm not the target audience for her apologies, you know? So like I can't so imagine, but I cannot imagine her being truly sorry. No. And I can't imagine a person of color consuming anything that she's done since that reckoning and feeling like a sense of peace or like, wow, like I feel yeah. good about the situation I, I mean, don't not think to, like, anyone put... well no not to put words in anyone's mouth but I think it's safe to say that like people are not checking for this book <laughs> do you know what I mean like I don't <laughs> think that anyone who she is she's claiming that this book like for this those book who... is not for the people that she hurt yes this book is not written with right black people in mind. I would say. <laughs> like, so far I feel pretty confident okay. in that assessment yeah that I don't think it's uh yeah and I don't think that's Stassi not the target audience here. donating proceeds or trying to improve communities and I'm not saying that she would ever do those things for anything other than vanity but I am saying like the way the framing of this book is like fucking insane it, I actually feel attacked by it because it's like they released it. For those of you who are blessed who have not been aware of this, like Stasi and her publicist or whoever, her publisher, like released that her book is called Off With My Head. And it's about coming back after. It's like it tries to relate cancellation for doing what Stasi did. So something actually that actually had real impacts on a on a woman's life (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and I remember this time like I remember maybe talking to you or other people about it and like because like it was bravo gossip and VPR gossip like people were talking about oh my god is this faith on this footage you know like it was it wasn't it wasn't disbelieved like of course we were like oh Stassi's being ridiculous but I'm sure I want to say that like even they came on like episodes of pumped podcasts mm. and we're like implying that faith had like robbed oh so-and-so God. or whatever like way like they back were trying, in the day they were on like a press tour basically like they were yeah, like and like a slanderous tour of like right slandering this girl who clearly did mm-hmm. nothing wrong really like she or she was like 50 percent responsibility with the man that she fucked who was actually oh in a God. relationship and went yeah. out on faith or went out on britney so like Faith no, did Jack's nothing course- wrong. Nothing. No, nothing. <laughs> like her mistake was just being on this show, which many, yeah. many kind people have been sucked into this vortex. So the point of what I'm saying is just that like Stassi framing this book, like the framing of the book as like, this is a book for anyone who has experienced any falling out. It could be losing your job. It could be the pandemic. It could we be can read. You- <laughs> we can I pulled up the Amazon page yeah give us a because little I truly, close reading of, of this blurb Stasi's like triumphs career triumphs have taught me a lot about myself like the level <laughs> of triggeredness and like jealousy that I feel sure. is like obvious signs that like I want to write as well and like not write the books that she's right. writing but like that it's like something that means a yeah. lot to me and so same. I just use it as, as like a guiding well. yeah. yeah and that's like the mature um emotional response to it and then just like disengaging until I get like a free copy and then I can read it and get all <sighs> mad and worked up again because they really yeah. are just like brainless 
Hmm. books that she doesn't even write herself it's literally like ghost writer it's just like shocking but also not shocking because that's just the business that these people are in is like this would be the obvious next step to monetize her fame and like virality and also how embarrassing to have your legacy be Yes, she's going to make a lot of money off of this and it probably will be a New York Times bestseller and already was like number seven on like Amazon pre-orders. And that's like, whatever, like congrats to her. But imagine the team. Congrats to the team on that huge accomplishment. (laughs) Huge congrats to the team. Imagine your legacy being like, I was outwardly racist for Mm -hmm. years and years, then finally got blowback from my own racist actions then decided that my course of action was going to be how to monetize right my own racism and frame myself as being a victim Mm -hmm. of my own actions that is humiliating and a very just like sad legacy to have and there's really no amount of money that can make that chic yeah and also like the like the I understand she's trying to frame it as like I think what I did was really wrong and I'm taking accountability but it's like then the I think what I did was really wrong and I'm taking accountability so I'm writing a book about it like it's giving ego you know what I mean like it's it's like you saying like I was so good at getting canceled I'm gonna write a book about like my cancellation was so funny that I'm gonna write a book about it and like everyone is free to do whatever they want I'm not actually like upset and mad at Saucy getting this book deal I don't think it's like a huge deal like I don't think anyone fucking cares but I do it's not feel a culture like, it's not a culture shifter it's like yeah, it's not, it is just it, like what just, a person in that position does and it's right. part of the game like it's just like and it's just it's so kind of whatever to me. like it's just very like I just yeah. found it like oh man you're really because she really you you kind of have the opportunity after getting removed from Bravo to then live a different life like and I know that she wasn't gonna go like get a job at fucking Starbucks or whatever (laughs) I know she wasn't gonna become a totally different person or have like become a barista (laughs) move to Italy and make some fucking espressos but seriously like you it's just like you could rise from the ashes and and be a, a much different um change the way that you live your life and the way that you treat the people around you. But instead, I I feel like it's a combination of things, right? Like now she has a kid and she's pretty much a single earner, (laughs) like because her (laughs) husband doesn't do (laughs) shit besides like podcasts with her. So now their whole life is like tied up in this, like we podcast about our marriage. We podcast about our baby. I write books about my cancellation and it's just continuing to make every moment of your life like, something that other people can consume in a way that's very sinister and obviously does not give a fuck about the person who you originally fucked with in the first place which is fake and don't not giving a fuck about like your I mean I get that you have to like make money and support your family to some element but like when this baby 
news dropped I was also like oh this is like a marketing tool like I believe mm-hmm. obviously that she like yeah. loves her kid and like loves her family blah 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 but there's also something really icky about be- the timing of it all and how it's been used to like reboot mm-hmm. her career that yeah. I feel like is extremely inauthentic and just like cravenly opportunistic mm-hmm. and that is sad to me and that's a sad also legacy to yeah. be putting on your own child where it's like, thank God I got pregnant at this time and yeah. could use it to my advantage. And now that I'm like a mom, I'm like changed or it appeals. It makes right. her more marketable and appealing to her like base audience. And forgivable. And forgivable it's, because I mean, it's mothers are like, yeah. yeah. And she has more grace, I think, in the public opinion as a mother than she would just as like a hardcore businesswoman, which is really what she is at the end of the day is mm-hmm. like a savvy businesswoman who can capitalize on every thing that moment. happens to her. <laughs> yeah. Literally every single moment, everything that happens to her. And I just, I, I feel curious about what happens to the, the, the kids of these influencers who like, they're they're like it's almost like I'm sorry to invoke this name but it's almost like someone like a Caroline Calloway who's like their personal downfalls are the source of their myth do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like it's like I'm a I'm a I'm a personality who's online and my whole thing is talking about all the shitty things that I've done like and I think it's a very like it, it must be such a mind fuck of like image making for a child to behold. And I don't want to like yeah. overstate its importance because obviously tons of people are famous people who the, their own narratives exist alongside their children who are completely separate people, you know, they're separate people, but like, it's very like unsettling to watch it become about like when I became a mom, everything changed and like I became a changed person and this narrative that's very like while I believe that that's true and I believe that motherhood is transformative and also I haven't done it on one level for sure for sure but also seeing it used as like you said a marketing tool is so like oh my god Vanderpump Rules is actually the hell mouth through which all serpents escape (laughs) yeah and we have unleashed a true demon into the universe that motherhood shit may be real, but you're still a bitch. Like, there's a. <laughs> you heard it here first from two women. We're allowed two childless to say this. Women. Two childless yeah. women. You don't but know. Like, what if I revealed my pregnancy right now? That would be huge <laughs> breaking news. I'd be honored to have been the platform that you chose to reveal. But, like, the thing I will yeah. say in, in defense of Caroline Calloway is that. <laughs> Let's hear it. There are a lot of, there are similarities, but I think. Right. No, I'm not saying they're similar. I think that Caroline Calloway has something to say. Mm -hmm. When she will finally say it remains to be seen, (laughs) but I respect that process of like, I respect the process of being like constantly writing your book, but really never able to deliver it because that is truly my journey. Look, we can all relate to that. And yeah, we can all, that's the writer's struggle. Caroline, I too have been writing, not writing my book for several years. I've been writing and not writing a book for since 2014. So like, 
right. I see you. I, I hear you. I feel you. My fellow writers out there, they right. know. We all know. I don't think Stasi has anything truly important to say. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the biggest letdown of all of it is that, I mean, I've read her first book right. and it said nothing. It was a, it was just a nothing. <laughs> and well, it was like, wasn't it just like a compilation of like her chapters were like two pages long, like triple space. And it like- was a lot of spacing. <laughs> like- and then there were about 10 to maybe 13 yeah. pages of like, some sort of thing that like took me took you out of it that we're like (laughs) talking about cell phone battery charging levels and what they have to say about you I was just like I cannot even believe that this got made but also like imagine doing the bare minimum slash just a piss poor job at writing a book and still getting paid like yeah six figures plus for it I mean watch that's an accomplishment yeah watch us talk all this shit and then her new book is like it's like fucking friends and love it's like it's like (laughs) Sylvia Plath's diaries it's like every day she's like the bell jar like it is the (laughs) second coming of the bell jar and like literally 20 30 50 years from now English classes are going to be invoking off with my head. Yeah. Like literally it's the new great Gatsby. It's, it's a timeless into that. I would be actually into that, but like, I don't think based off of the description, like there's nothing, (laughs) there's nothing to even like, it would be more groundbreaking in my opinion. Like the description is so vague that that's what leads me to believe that it's truly just about nothing. Cause it's like, I will just read you some stuff. (laughs) (laughs) The New York Times bestselling author of Next Level Basic and fan favorite alumna of Vavo's Vanderpump Rules. Alumna? Like she graduated? (laughs) Like she didn't get... Sorry, I'm screaming. That's like what happens with Vanderpump Rules is you graduate to being fired. Yeah, that's like... (laughs) That's the Vanderpump way. She literally like did, did so much Adderall. That she almost ruined another person's life. <laughs> like, I'm not blaming the Adderall for her racism. I'm just saying that I think her doing constant, like, constant speed was like a contributing factor. Sorry for comparing Adderall to speed. It is. It's called literally <laughs> it's amphetamine salt. Like, I'm, not coming, I'm not coming for the ADHD community. I just want to say, please, guys, do not come for me. I... You guys, I'm, you know, you. even people that take Adderall <laughs> on a day-to-day basis, they know exactly what they're doing. Okay, so <laughs> returns with the definitive basic bitch handbook for surviving your rock-bottom moments. The year 2020 was going to be the best year of Stassi's life. Besides getting engaged <laughs> and feeling like she was on top of the world career-wise, she bought her first house and was planning her dream Italian wedding. The future showed, showed so much freaking promise until it all went to hell. Stassi may not be perfect. She may have made some major mistakes, but she does feel like she has some insight and plenty of hilarious tales about getting knocked up, called out, and learning from what went wrong. Through stories, confessions, illustrations, and plenty of self-reflection and self-deprecation. Also, I think you're plagiarizing white girl problems with the illustration. (laughs) I will say that. I will say that. White Girl Problems was the original definitive guide 
to being a a privileged nightmare um needs to go to jail white bitch who can monetize their own bullshit white girl problems walked so that Stasi schroeder could run and to that i apologize to the community but i also (laughs) do feel like i incepted i feel like i truly incepted and created Stasi schroeder i'll fucking say it i don't care yeah i think that that was always the thing about like the basic book bitch whatever the fuck her first book was is like this has already been like I remember sorry that I'm like uh hearkening back to to my days in college 40 years ago but like I remember being in college and reading the white girl problems tumblr and like sending babe walker tweets like it was a a very obvious like satire and it's like Stassi is not doing satire or anything else that would be like I just don't know it, it it reads her writing reads very lobotomized to me in a way that's like not chic and I mean I just once again I think it would be really funny if like Joan Didion died so that Stasi could could truly live like if she was suddenly like possessed by the spirit of Eve Babbitt and Joan Didion said we can no longer live in a world where Stassi Schroeder is publishing another she, book they knew she and was now we must both next. go She's they knew <laughs> they, they knew. knew they couldn't live another day with the anxiety that Stassi's next book was going to be released and end their fucking careers she was about to shit on everyone who's ever everyone who's ever written a book. Stasi Hunter S. Thompson was rolling in his grave. His ashes were fucking swirling about. Pokemon Bukowski, who? It's Stasi Schroeder's time. Edgar Allan Poe. But I'm like, what are you saying with all this? It would be way more admirable if, like, like if this. I feel like is trying to be like a basic bitches how to murder your life essentially like yeah totally you know what I mean absolutely but even Kat Marnell has something to say like yeah Stassi Schroeder has nothing to say because she won't even acknowledge you would think that she would be like yeah I was fucking racist and then I got canceled for it and I went into the darkest depression of my yeah. fucking life I drank so much I nearly like died and Mm -hmm. here's how I crawled my way out that instead of saying that she says (laughs) Stassi won't hold back about her transformation from proud basic bitch to (laughs) proud basic bitch who has a deeper appreciation for what's really important in life that's the problem with everything Stassi's pride Stassi literally has pride in like in being like a white girl from the south who like is annoying you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and that like, kind of thing. You should be fucking ashamed of yourself. You should have, like, a, a level of shame that lets you be self-aware. Like, right now, we're talking about being bitter writers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you and I, at least we know enough to know it's we will spend years not writing, writing our books and whatever, mm-hmm. and that Stasi is triggering for many of these reasons, etc. But Stasi does not bring a self-awareness to the table that makes her writing like interesting to read and that's why it's like maddening to know that she's fucking doing numbers <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. it's not like i think that that would ever be like an audience that 
any writer that I admire shares her audience, you know? And so no. it's not like and she's it, like, not being rewarded for being a great writer or thinker no. of our era. She's <laughs> simply being rewarded for having 2 million Instagram followers right. and like a Patreon that pops And I guess off. that's what triggers us the most is just the knowledge that like that's that that is the quickest path to becoming an author besides being like a really a writer who really like cares about your craft and like is really working on stuff and is like working on your drafts and going to workshops and whatever like the the one other path that is quite viable is going on bravo (laughs) and ruining other people's lives and then writing a book about it but not even like really talking about it like explicitly it's like all coded and like yeah and not even you're never learning anything as a reader right it's just a whole lot of nothing and service it and I don't know who it even is servicing like I can't I guess like I'm at her fans are so empty-headed themselves that they open her book and are like dying laughing at right whatever it is that she's saying which is truly nothing but that should actually act as like a vote of confidence for anyone that has ambitions to write and say anything of importance at all because if people are eating this shit up like they'll read stuff that you or I wrote and then actually deeply love it because yeah I guess at the end of the day like a deeper part of their soul yeah I mean if if any listeners are still with us at this point You guys wanted me to talk about Vanderpump Rules. Well, now here I am. Do you love it? This is, Are you this happy is now? You, this is what you get. This is what you wanted. Yeah. This is what you guys, you guys asked for this. You did ask you for were, this multiple times. Begging, begging. And I said, I will come back. Don't, I will. It's coming. At, and now here we are. At what cost? And so yeah, here we well. are. And so I think really what this is about at the end of the day is inspiring the writer in all of us to emerge. Stasi mm-hmm. sort of serves as a a reverse muse for me. Like I can invoke mm-hmm. the muse by looking at Stasi's book description, and I I can realize that I am a vessel for greatness <laughs> because it is possible for anyone to type 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 away, type 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 itty type. And then someone will read it. Yeah. And it, it maybe anyone can find an audience, right. even if it's an audience of one, that's mm-hmm. something. And yeah. also let it be a lesson of the kind of like legacy you want to create right. and what it is you truly want to say. Because mm-hmm. Stasi is giving mediocre. Mm-hmm. I guess like base basic is almost too much of a compliment. You know what she what... should write? She should write YA and I'm not dissing YA authors. No. And that's what this like, sounds like. The description yeah. of the book sounds like a YA and that would be actually, I think yeah. would serve her better because she would be able to be far more honest right. about because her journey. Because she can be like catty. She can like take yeah. that persona of like being a horrible cunt and then she can just embody that fully and write a book that's like my so-called life. You know what I mean? My life as a think... high school mean girl. And then she yeah. like, she becomes a nice girl. And I just I think that Stassi's agent 
is selling her all wrong and telling her all the wrong things. Link her up with a ghostwriter who, you know what? I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. Hook me Do up it. with Stassi. Let's, let's collab. Let's create a series of YA novels about um, a, a white girl who... <laughs> A racist ass <laughs> basic fucking blonde bitch yeah. who gets truly canceled and yeah. actually does not give a fuck. And that's the thing you just touched on something that I think is actually like the center of all my issues with this is that I don't think that she's sorry. I don't no. think that she is. And she no. has to kind of play the game or say she right. knows like if I say I'm sorry, like blah, blah, blah. But I would much rather have her be like, I'm not fucking sorry and mm -hmm. like this is how it is and this is how I feel and because it would be, be more like, valuable authentic. culturally because it yeah would be, it and would it would literally actually be more be valuable authentic yeah because people could see an example of someone who like has done wrong and is continuing to behave in a very ugly and self-centered way and also people like not for nothing but people do respect authenticity more than they respect what they can tell is artificial. And like, I'm, I'm glad for other people's sake that she is fake apologizing, of course. At the same time though, she's going to profit off of that apology. So she might as well be honest and be an yeah. example of like, some people really aren't sorry for this shit. Some people- and I don't think that just, she is. <laughs> like, I think that if you asked her one-on-one -on -one as a close friend behind closed doors, mm -hmm. what she really thinks, you would have a completely different narrative than what yeah. she's like selling you. And her, she's not even selling us a narrative of I'm sorry. She's selling us a narrative of like this horrible thing happened to me right. and I like recovered from it. And which is totally, it's like, it's like a, she's selling us a different oh. universe. It's just like, it's shocking, but not shocking. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's that it's the, the narrative that you can manufacture becomes the one that matters because the real narrative is like that would be the more valuable one for people to understand and learn from because again it would be an example of someone who is truly out for themselves and not sorry and like you can see the damage that that has done but yeah because she's pushing a narrative where i'm 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 so sorry and here's what i've learned from it and here's what happened to me and it's all about me then people like take away from that that if a similar thing happens to you and you are like held accountable in some way like your reaction should be to make it about yourself and like make it about your your journey and i've 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 done that before like when i was younger you know like someone would be like hey you said some fucked up shit and i would be like <gasps> like act like i was the one who who was hurt you know, but like, mm -hmm. as you become an adult who's responsible, you you should learn not to do that. And so, um, yeah, instead, people will celebrate this narrative in which she has learned nothing. Yeah, and act and <laughs> like people that are buying it will think that it is meaningful, right? But it is it means absolutely nothing. Right. It means it's not, less than nothing. It's not meaningful. To, to be a person who behaves like shit and then act like your own behavior is something that happened to you. That's not, yeah. that's not meaningful. It's relatable, 
like and then then on the top of that to make bad art out of it (laughs) it's just like for me the trifecta of make a fucking tiktok account don't write a book it's way yeah. easier. I'm not dissing Make something actually either. entertaining saying, like, that makes me want to like, that excites me or creates like discourse right. or actually makes waves other than people just like getting mad about it. Like, yeah. Do something like iconic. Do something iconic. You need to iconic. take a lesson out of the Anna Delvey handbook <laughs> and like, <laughs> if you're going to be a villain, Commit be to a, it. Be a real, be a fucking yeah, be a villain. True blue villain. Yeah, Go on that's what you set minutes. out to do, Go and on that, that's where and it's say, like you're that bitch. You're a cunt. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it, I think at the end of the day is like really the most one of the most disappointing things about her is that she did show so much promise as this true villain, mm-hmm. but it was she buried that her authentic nature mm-hmm. to make money and yeah. that's a bummer i don't i don't bummer. wish that i don't wish that for people who identify as like it's not how you actualize it's not how you manifest it's not how no you... and i don't believe she's an actualized <laughs> human being it's not how so you I integrate as a human being but no. shall we continue <laughs> really don't know if anything we just said should ever be heard by anyone (laughs) i mean like i stand by my (laughs) assessment of uh yeah i hope that her next book is as exciting as i think maybe otessa moshe like i'm saying i'm probably saying her last name wrong but maybe she was the ghostwriter who collaborated with her and maybe it's going to be the most incredible groundbreaking art that anyone has ever look i would be open i I would be open to that i i'm open to that but for that but i don't i think we all know that it that it's i think we all know what you see is what you get yeah so we just had to just talk about that really quick yeah and process that because it has not been processed whatsoever on the pod so that was just like an important thing for us to do and I thank you for calling that in just yeah we just had to do like two minutes on that um (laughs) Miss Maloney and Miss Kent arrived to Brock's photo shoot I like that Katie just showed up to not do a single thing with the photo shoot. I respect that move. Right. And I was actually shocked that Lala participated in the shoot. I wasn't because at this, now that we know the true Lala Rand timeline at this point, like her baby's with the night nurse and Mm -hmm. Rand is with several other women. (laughs) So Lala's like, what do I got to do today? Like, I just got, I guess I have to cruise down to the old photo shoot and stir up some shit. Cause she doesn't really have a lot else going on. Things were pretty sad in La La verse at this. Yeah, time. that's true. And they bring up a point that Brock's paying for this like huge mm-hmm. production, but not trying to foot a bill for his own like engagement yeah. party slash wedding or children. which I say, don't you think Sheena's just paying for all of this? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So what we what we know about Brock's finances at this point is very troubling. And like, I was thinking, like, imagine if your dad bought five hundred balloons <laughs> to sell the OnlyFans fitness app 
and under boob sports bras for his new wife and then didn't pay your child support for you like have school supplies yeah yeah so that's what's going that's on sad. <laughs> like underneath all the glitz and glamour of this show there are like a couple kids in australia who like really like need who miss their dad <laughs> who miss their dad and like need money to live and they're it's yeah. all tied up in like i bet you brock what like, will ass- <laughs> most assuredly be a failed right. business it's almost more there's of a no scam way than like than like crypto not crypto but like nfts this what's is almost- shocking is that <laughs> the vanderpump rules crowd isn't even savvy enough to successfully no. scam like yeah Billy McFarland and Anna right. Delvey and like all these true scammers, right. the Tinder swindler are actually mm-hmm. out here hustling and successfully scamming for hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars. Yeah. And Brock Davies can't even like get a bad app idea like off the ground. I mean, it's Loverboy like- is the most successful business we have seen, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe besides Skinny Girl. Out of younger generation. But yeah, Bravo out of like Labs. younger millennial Bravo. Yeah. I don't think we've seen anything as successful. And like alcohol is always going to sell. Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, sex, alcohol. Like we have some staples. So Brock was in the right mindset when he thought <laughs> homebody only fans make sense. <laughs> Like he was thinking sex sells, but then he missed the part where he actually needs to sell sex and yeah. he's selling he's selling nothing. Like, and also didn't launch this two years ago when people were actually right. at home all the time. I feel yeah, like it was a little late. Some pandemic businesses, I feel bad, like a lot of, you know, a lot of things were they missed the mark because people have to put pants on again. Yeah, and, like, I don't – I just don't see someone who's already successful with a following wanting to get on Brock Davies, Mm -hmm. lower-tier Vanderpump Rules cast member, (laughs) his new app. I just don't see how, like, mm. where he would – I don't even understand the mental math that would lead him to believe that that's, like, what people want to do. The only way Homebody could possibly succeed is, like, a partnership with The Rock which would cost $3 billion. Like someone in fitness who's so iconic that they could actually get people to use this website that doesn't, it's like an app that doesn't have, there's no app yet. Yeah. Like he needs, he needs actual like fitness celebrities and stars right. to like do use his platform, but they already are so successful. They don't need right. to do that. So it makes no, it's just going to be like, you're signing up to pay for, a platform of like other wannabes like Brock Davies trying to yeah. show you how to work out like no thank you I'm gonna go to class yeah. pass and go do Pilates or yeah, like, have you ever heard of Beachbody like yeah like or Jillian Ma- I would rather do like a Jillian <laughs> Michaels rather, DVD <laughs> I'd rather be body shamed by Jillian Michaels than use homebody I would rather have Jax Taylor I would rather pay like forty nine ninety nine for Jax Taylor's failed workout app oh my and have God, that's him right. tell me about weightlifting. Jax than like invented homebody. Yeah, he must be laughing. Actually, I was laughing all the way but... to the bank.
I would love nothing more also than to circle back to Jackson Brittany and just have a documentary on how they are managing to live their life right now. I know. I mean, it's just a crime that like I all these people that were removed from the show, ultimately I'm fine with it and the show needs to get canceled. But yeah, it is I would have killed to see. I think like Felix Biederman tweeted something in the beginning <laughs> of the pandemic that was about like he was like Jax Taylor is currently in his longest bout of celibacy of all time and he's probably never been (laughs) he's probably never been more mentally ill like this man has never suffered more because like literally everything was locked down and he was like legally unable to cheat like he like couldn't yeah like there would be there was no ability for him there was no like britney wouldn't britney finally had the exact universe in which she got to live in like Jax's man cave with him and like just like they were just like getting taco bell and like she would watch him work out she would watch him wake up she had like all eyes on him all the live long day and jacks was finally yeah and he couldn't even go to like work out for do like two workout classes in a row like Like, he literally could not go anywhere (laughs) like i'm gonna go pick up like yeah (laughs) I got to go pick up something from like the dry cleaners or think of even an errand because there were no errands to I do. Have to, I have to drive to Long Beach to like get this <laughs> thing with my car sorted out. Maybe grocery shopping. Actually, he could have been like, I'll go yeah. to the grocery store. And, and that he was like have... fucking everyone at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Or just like going and fucking some railing chicks and then being coming back empty-handed and being like the line was so long and it it closed by the time that I could get in I think maybe that's the one thing he could have done Jax was saying that he was helping but actually no because of Instacart workers yeah Jax Jax was was donating blood (laughs) Jax had the antibodies and he was donating blood he was donating plasma. He was telling Brittany <laughs> at all hours. Yeah. Miss him. Sheena so now- and Brocko <laughs> signed their prenup. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love prenuptial agreement shoots on mm-hmm. Vanderpump Rules. Yeah. And I also like whatever level of psychosis Sheena has entered at this point <laughs> in her life because she, the lawyers file in as well as the notary and Sheena <laughs> looks at Brock across the table and she goes, so uh, did you think when you met me at that after party, you'd be here signing legal documents one day? Like her <laughs> accent completely changed into like a British accent. Yeah. And I was like, Sheena is starting Mm-hmm. She was taking it to a place of Bella Hadid. <laughs> and she's really learned so much about prenups that she's decided mm-hmm. that if they were to get divorced, she gets to keep her retirement account and a- she'll acquire 7% of Homebody. Which <laughs> Sheena's is like, in it for the long game. But like 7%, does that mean like 7% of the potential Homebody debt is on her <laughs> shoulders? Because that's all i see from this app yeah i the balloon budget has already set brock back like into a financial hole that alone has ruined everything and also like she when sheena was describing her divorce aloud monologuing doing her one woman show for these like three random (laughs) lawyers (laughs) lawyers from like legal zoom (laughs) (laughs) she was like going off and then like the notary next to her like 
or one of the lawyers of the notary was just like you could see him like realizing the kind of program he was on like in real time <laughs> as she was talking about like her first marriage and her divorce and like their frozen took, smiles there was yeah she was like there was addiction involved and then like he took half my bank <laughs> account and so and like his the joy and like life was like draining from his eyes as he was like listening to her i noticed that, that too it was like watching in like rapid like time like watching what happened to me <laughs> over the last like 10 years watching this show yeah. yeah, he was like. <laughs> <laughs> he aged like 20. He was like one of the people on the beach in M. Night Shyamalan's old. Yes. He just like rapidly aged and he suddenly he had came dementia. home that night <laughs> and his wife said, is that you? I don't even recognize you anymore. Yeah, he had to. And his wife banished him from the house because his energy, his vibes were so off that his children were crying and he lives in an old folks home now <laughs> the ring is communal property which i'm like uh-huh. okay it's not even a diamond so go off i guess like who even wants that it also looks like costume jewelry i think the ring reveal is in a, in a couple scenes when they're on the balcony mm-hmm. of this parking garage <laughs> well he had like we'd seen it at kyle chan's iconic jewelry right. store but then also yeah. got another glimpse of it and I'm like, I get wanting like a big ring, I suppose, mm-hmm. but sure, cared about the size more than the contents because I she was on Twitter. Someone was like, "It's not even a diamond." She was like, "So what? <laughs> it's like four carats." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, that says it all." Yeah, I don't know what's going on in Sheena world when it comes to like even her own status symbols anymore I'm very confused about because I'm personally not a, a diamonds gal just as far as the stones that that I'm into um but it looks like a particularly large imitation diamond so it's like yeah. why why would you even flex about it being another stone when it's a stone that is like clearly trying to be a diamond yeah and like why would you want your partner to go into debt across four right. different credit cards to provide you with this ring. Right. It's interesting. Diamond or her... no diamond. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you even want that in the first place? On the one hand, we see that Sheena has come so far. I was proud of her in this moment, talking to her legal team mm-hmm. <laughs> about, <laughs> about her or previous bad contracts, the bad financial choices she made when she was going into her marriage. And I was like, for a second, I was like, you know what? This is a feminist moment. We're seeing a woman really take control. And then we find out that she didn't even have the idea to get the prenup. It was her mom. Yeah. (laughs) Another favorite element of this of mine is that these are billable hours for these attorneys Mm -hmm. so the longer sheena monologues about her failed (laughs) marriages and relationships the more money she has to pay so i'm like you would do yourself a favor it would behoove you to just like move this along literally raquel is so much smarter about finances because in one of the like reunion episodes she has this moment where she's saying to katie like I'm sorry that I thought when you marry, I didn't know when you marry someone, you marry their debt and you are effectively their business partner because Mm -hmm. 
you share, like whether or not you keep your account separate, you still will be held financially responsible in a ton of scenarios for if your partner creates a massive debt. They can just, they can literally leave you with the bag (laughs) or without the bag or with the bill. So like on the one hand, we see Sheena like making a smart choice. And then on the other, like you said, you should not want, you shouldn't have your partner who you are marrying and becoming legally enmeshed with, you shouldn't have them have four credit cards of debt and a new business that has literally no way of bringing in money. Mm-hmm. None. That you're now getting completely tied to. Right. And also putting yeah. your face on and all your friends' faces on it. Mm-hmm. Like just but a I don't little... even think that they made it. I think that that was just for the show purposes. Like, I don't think that <laughs> the they, cameras none were of them not made operational. It. No, but none of them are on the actual website. Like, there's not a recognizable face. Yeah. Not even Brock is on the website, which I'm like, <laughs> that's so weird. He's on like the about page. Yeah, like... it's really it's very strange. But yeah. again, classically on brand. Very Sheena. Very Speaking of classically on brand business people, <laughs> Katie sits down at Sir to take a meeting mm-hmm. with Randall to pitch she and Ariana's sandwich shop idea that I truly at the beginning of this season thought they were kid. I thought Katie was kidding. I thought she was just saying like, I want a sandwich shop just as like a th- thing to say. Yeah. Never did I ever in my wildest dreams imagine (laughs) that something about her will one day be in our lives and what makes me actually one step sadder about the situation Mm -hmm. is imagining the money I will no doubt spend on a something about her (laughs) sandwich or two I thought you were gonna say what makes you sadder is imagining the culinary taste of the Here's one thing I trust, sort of. I kind of trust Ariana's taste in food because, hear me out, we both mm-hmm. know, as many listeners know, the TomTom food is good. Yeah. The TomTom food, like, not all of it slaps, but some of it does. What slaps, right. slaps hard. And then you can just avoid what is yeah. not working. And Sir, so I think- there's absolutely not one single thing mm-hmm. on the menu that is worth your money or going to the hospital yeah like it is a zero-sum game (laughs) pump i would also say maybe you could get one thing but it is mostly also a zero-sum game no but i i just don't trust any of their choices yeah and i think of like a delicious (laughs) sandwich and i don't associate Katie Maloney and Ariana Maddox with like sandwich yeah. culture. Also, like something about her to me, no disrespect to the ladies, just generally all ladies in the world and femininity as a construct. However, something about her sounds like Summer's Eve. Like it sounds like a line of douches. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it sounds like feminine care. It sounds like tampons. It sounds like a romantic comedy. I understand that they're going for this unapologetically feminine mood board that we haven't seen, but we've heard described in words, which by the way, the worst way to give someone an idea of something that you're talking about 
is to just talk, 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 talk about it. <laughs> like, even when you're pitching like a fucking book, you're like, here's the other books that it's like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I just, I'm not understanding the vision. Like, I for... think I understand it and I hate it because I don't associate <laughs> that vision and I mean all this truly respectfully. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. I don't associate that vision with a delicious sandwich. Like, yeah. I think there's, I think those two things can exist absolutely separately of each other, but I don't think that they can, they can coexist. Mm -hmm. I keep getting and the like, flavor rose. I keep smelling and tasting. Not really. I wish I'm not that... synesthetic. But <laughs> like I'm getting like, I feel like their sandwiches are going to taste like candles. Do you know yeah, what I'm Yeah, I think that it's going to look like, like, you know that brand Love Shack Fancy? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I keep seeing Love Shack Fancy, okay. but like a, but like the Vanderpumped version of that, which is no doubt cheaper Hell. and like yeah, cheaper building materials, like cheaper food, like mm -hmm. just, just a budget version of that. And I also think that they are leaning on the unapologetically feminine to appeal to Lisa Vanderpump's sensibilities because she will no <laughs> doubt be the person that is funding this endeavor. And Imagine a sandwich made by Lisa. Like I can't. <laughs> like when Katie said the first thing on, on our to-do list is to get a baker mm -hmm. in-house, I was like, <laughs> yes, and like, but also... <laughs> yeah like what about what goes in between the bread she was like we know it's gonna be really important we've he's randall's like businessman randall who's like five hundred thousand dollars in debt to the irs he like owes 50 cent money he owes money all over town literally people all over town <laughs> none of the money people that want he would be bringing in yeah to this project is his own money i think it literally right. is finding other people to give their money to this thing I don't know how which Ariana now is not even an option because right. he and Lala are no longer together which they probably like viewed as I think I could see watching the reunion that Ariana seemed like relieved that she no longer had to engage with Randall from a business standpoint because I feel mm -hmm. like he like you know it seems like she is smart enough to know that getting him as an investor is more like taking on debt <laughs> yeah like, normally as i understand it you go to an investor for them to give you money and not for them to give you like an iou on money which i think is what randall is is giving or it's like i would think that you would search out an investor who elevates the brand mm -hmm. so like when i think of randall's face <laughs> it makes me not want to eat a sandwich yeah because I don't want to end up looking like Randall. So like, it's, like I would think that they would go to someone like they should go to like Nancy Silverton, which I actually <laughs> would kill for a business meeting between Katie Maloney, mm -hmm. Ariana Maddox and Nancy Silverton. I would kill for them to meet with anyone else. <laughs> besides... Do you think do you think Nancy Silverton like knows who Lisa Vanderpump is? And I also want to go a step further and be like, what is her take on Lisa Vanderpump's empire? Because Nancy, I think there's a Moza 
in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. like she has a similar brand awareness. Right. And I mean, I guess they would have to know one another based on the um, women in Las Vegas business of it all. I'm going to also go out on a limb and say that I'm just completely going to project onto Nancy right yeah, now fair. that <laughs> Lisa is to Nancy what Stassi is to you and me. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just she like a bring triggering tr- rage br- triggering a bring nothing to the table ass bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a money grub. A shell no taste, no substance, just a truly nothing. Yeah, that can be a reverse muse to do your best work mm-hmm. and bring something worthwhile to the table. I think Lisa is probably that for a lot of people. <laughs> like, I think there are a lot of really successful people in business who look at Lisa and they're like, "Think." God, I'm not, I don't need to burn my restaurants down to collect the insurance money. Thank God I'm not paying Jeremy Maddox under the table (laughs) to stick a fork and some wires in the wall. Literally, she on the show handed Jeremy a stack of cash for like saving her restaurant. And I was like, I bet he did. Yeah. Remember when a literal (laughs) car drove into pump, like the same... Lisa's just doing shit out here brazenly in the public eye and getting away with it. Well, that brings us back to the Randall of it all, because I think that's like how Randall runs his businesses based on just like an outside long distance observer of him. I never want to be. Oh, my God. Wait, one time I went to a party that Randall was at and I just remembered it. I just like had like a trauma memory, like come back. What happened? I mean, there was, I mean, nothing happened. It was just like, (laughs) I was at like a shitty party and like, it was, it ended up like being his party. Like, I was like, (laughs) (laughs) then I was like, I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. I remember in the wrong place. Yeah. Like, (laughs) well, that was one of those moments. Yeah. That's when I knew I had to leave LA. That was Mm -hmm. my like, that I started my goodbye LA essay the night that I bumped shoulders with Randall. Something else that makes me feel like the sandwich shop is not going to be good is that Mm -hmm. they go from talking about like the general vibe of the restaurant to then Mm -hmm. saying to Randall, we want to do a sandwich called the Randall Emmett production sandwich, which which is not a something about her sandwich. No, that's not. If it's something about her, don't you think that, the sandwich names would also evoke a feeling of femininity mm-hmm. or the names would at least maybe match right. the general vibe. So, and also why would you, why wouldn't you call like, wouldn't you just call the sandwich the Randall, not right. the Randall Emmett like production. The Rand? <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of a menu item be called like the something something production steak or like right. the something something production pasta they're gonna like name it after his like llc or like his s corp or something they're gonna name it after his ein business number <laughs> or like why wouldn't you name the sandwich like lala's the lala's right. man you know what i mean like something that's no one like... would want it <laughs> <laughs> 
But who wants a? I will have the Randall Emmett production sandwich. Yeah. That doesn't. I'm just like you guys have no idea what you're talking about or doing, and I love it, <laughs> yeah. but I also resent it. I love that they said they need one hundred to two hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> and I hated it because it gave Randall the true opportunity to like flex, like the lowest mm-hmm. form of like intelligence for him. He was like. 100,000 and 200,000 are actually really different numbers. And I was like, wow, thank you, Randall. Thanks for that. Yeah. They're actually damn. really I was like, different damn, numbers. He's right. <laughs> when yeah, he's right, he's right. I hate <laughs> I hate when a man is, is right about 100,000 being a different number than 200,000. Yeah, fuck. I thought. <laughs> also, <laughs> I really do think that Ariana was like two minutes late. Like, I don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't or maybe like five minutes at most Mm -hmm. and the whole meeting itself lasted five minutes so I hated that she was late just just because it gave him the opportunity to be like my time is really important and like I'm gonna set my watch for 30 minutes and just know in the future like you need to show up on time he said he was like I could be back at the office doing a lot of things and then <laughs> my my husband proceeded to make a list of Randall's financial crimes <laughs> I, I didn't know this until today when I was going to do this podcast and then he said do you want me to send you my notes and I was like what notes and then he, love. Just, he wrote a very long list of Randall owes $500,000 to the IRS um, he has loans to a production company in limbo. He was brought to court for child support and failure to keep $50,000 in an account for the children. Like he drained his children's trust. Mm-hmm. Um, just several, like he just made a very long list <laughs> I love that. of Randall's crimes. And I, I don't know if he did that to keep his own sanity, but I was, I was very grateful for him holding Rand accountable. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, what a grounding force your husband is at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, ladies, if you need someone to make a list of a Vanderpump Rules character's financial crimes, get get you a man who, who will do that for you. Randall could be at the office defrauding investors, mm-hmm. and instead he's yeah. here at, the, at Sir of all places taking this meeting. And I love that, at, like... At any good business meeting, Lisa Vanderpump must stroll by. She pops in. And goes, how are we doing? And she goes, they're like, we're just talking about, like, the numbers. And she goes, numbers are everything. We're not doing it for love, are we? If we were, it would be a charity, and I already have one of those. She goes, carry on, and leave. And I'm like, yes, this spoken like a true scammer. (laughs) I already have a charity where... I funnel, I launder all my money through that. Yeah. Like, that's what people should be taking. I know. And I was like, this is the direction I want to see. I can't wait. And I truly, in my heart of hearts, I do believe the day will come where Lisa and Ken are exposed for their financial shadiness. Mm Their alleged financial shadiness, right. I guess I should say, because I don't truly know anything, but just like a gut feeling. You're gonna be like the reporter who like unraveled the Anna Delvey case, but you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna be that for Lisa Vander. Just you're gonna be going. You're gonna go visit Lisa in prison 
and you're going to be like her, the only visitor that she accepts and she's <laughs> going to sit down with you only in the VIP Give me the lounge full of the scoop. prison. Yeah. That day will come. When Randall got up from the table, I literally thought he was naked from the waist down <laughs> because his pants were like skin colored. And I thought his bare, I truly was like, is that Randall's ass? And then I was like, oh my God, his pants. And then I just imagined him being like Donald Duck vibes at yeah. this like business meeting at Sir. And that would have been everything a serve. made more sense that way. That would have been cool. That would have been the coolest thing. The ultimate thing prank. Yeah. As if he was just not like even a prank, nude. just like a power move. Like he's just like <laughs> he was sitting there waiting for Katie, just fully naked. He filmed the whole scene with no pants or not underwear even the producers on. knew that and no then one knew. got up and it was absolutely <laughs> buck naked from the waist down. I was I clutched my pearls and then I was like, oh oh my god, no, his pants just look like skin colored. <laughs> he just has horrible taste in clothes (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah also i just feel like a man that was truly wealthy would have gotten chin liposuction by now is all i know i did have that thought like not to body shame but like rand like for him to be married to lala who's like constantly in she's constantly in the booth like editing you know what i mean like she's doing facetune in like real time and Mm -hmm. she like owns that you know what i mean yeah like she ad- dedicates money to looking right. and maintaining her look so i would think that that would just like rub off on yeah and also for him, him. to be like who is fucking i'm so confused at who is fucking randall i guess it's money like i guess that's always been the the way that he wields power i think power it's his vibe world. too because I've been attracted to a guy that had the same kind of vibe as Randall, and I now can see that, and uh, am, I don't right. love that for me, but I also don't judge it. I hold space yeah. for that version of myself, but like, right. I think like there's just something, there is something that's charming about him, and like I'm sure if you're drunk and on enough coke, mm-hmm. you're and you're in in charmed your dtf with him i mean randall he's a great personality that's what we can say and i think he's like persistent i get the vibe that he would be like you're so hot like blah 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 like he it's like would be difficult to say no once you're like locked in and he's got that tony soprano effect of just like sweating like he's so sweaty he's so disgusting and he was like Mm -hmm. the most beautiful woman i've ever seen in my life yeah and you just i just did alex jones I don't know why I did that. That was so random. <laughs> Brock and Sheena arrive back to their apartment mm-hmm. and Brock proposes on the balcony mm-hmm. with two columns of marry me <laughs> balloons and just the level of like construction and honking noises <laughs> in the background was so classically Yeah vpr that I, and i was like did they are doomed i thought to myself it was like when jackson Brittany got engaged in like a crab shack like on you know <laughs> what i'm talking about like they were on the yeah, pacific they got coastal highway next to porta potties and Jax was like i need to take a shit he was like mm-hmm. so coked up he like needed to shit <laughs> and then, like, i had a lunch with my mom at that same place <laughs> like years later like mm-hmm. i think it was the last time I think maybe it was last year she came to visit me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I took her to this place. I must have been having like a mental break, but it was just 
it was worse than you could possibly imagine. Like the food, yeah. like you think it's bad, but it's actually like three to four times worse than however bad you may assume or think that it is. And I that's feel like I might yes, have went where there... they got engaged. Yeah, I think I might have went there like when I was coming back from the beach once and we were like really desperate for food. It's like one of those places where like there's not another place like that for like miles. And yeah, it's either you I... go there or you go to like Nobu. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's like it's like the only fast casual option in that general vicinity i think it's in like malibu and so yeah it's at the end of malibu right yeah, before you get of, into it's like it's the end Oxford. of the earth and so we it have is. another engagement that's just taking place like on on the cusp of it looks like it reminded me of that show la brea where the the like hole <laughs> opens up and then la like falls into it it looks like it was taking place at that location it was essentially. <laughs> yeah. Spiritually, they are all on the living brink in of the upside down of Labrea. <laughs> I would that, I that would is what that. Vanderpump rules the universe it inhabits <laughs> is an upside it down Labrea world. Mm-hmm. It is a curse that has been put on us. Yeah. <laughs> Summer Moon, we have both agreed, is a star. Right. The true breakout star of the season of Vanderpump Rules is, in fact, Summer Moon. I also need to take a moment to honor that Sheena's mother came out with Summer. Summer Moon, sorry, full name. Yeah. She came out with her after the engagement had happened, and she said, I told your mom, I guess she said yes. Like, she was saying <laughs> that she texted, she literally said, and I quote, I guess he said yes. Mm-hmm. Like, she was still holding out hope. She hates Brock hates him i cannot say i blame her and i would love i want to give brock the benefit of the doubt but i truly the problem with him is i don't think he's like overtly a bad or evil guy but i think he's so dumb that he does really bad and evil things not knowing which is almost worse and i think that this will not end well for sheena and i think that erica knows that Mm-hmm. But there, she's very limited in what can actually be done about it. Yeah, I think she knows Sheena well enough to know that there's like not a whole lot you can do once Sheena sets her sights on a on a man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also Brock's yeah. plan to get secretly married in Santa Inez is mm-hmm. so sketchy and also says everything you need to know about him. And it's so confusing, too, because, like, her mom is aware of this plan. And, like, she... Hi, <laughs> And, like, Sheena being included into this plan is just... I understand, like, weddings cost money. And I, I get wanting to do it for free. But it just feels like such a, like... It's such a no-brainer to not do on television, but I guess also when you're on Vanderpump Rules, you have to do things like that to, like, fuel the show. But it just feels like we're all tired at this point. Like, we're like, Sheena, again? Like, you're going to do something like this again? Like, you're going to let a man embarrass you again? Yeah. I'm also, I guess, just down for it because I'm like, I can't, in that same breath, I'm like, I cannot believe that we're still here but with Sheena it feels it's new each time you know (laughs) it's like how does she manage to find herself in the same exact situation over and over but just like Mm -hmm. a little bit of a different flavor and like with different stakes attached yeah so like 
this is just like more of the same but on a grander scale and it just gets more and more embarrassing with every passing moment so I guess I'm down summer moon deserves better she needs new management she needs she does yeah and I like that summer moon seems really over it at all times like Erica brings her out and Summer Moon is basically like falling asleep. She knows this song and dance. Yeah, She won't show her face on camera. She's literally like dodging the lens. Absolute queen shit. (laughs) Sandoval is on the way to Santa Inez and Mm -hmm. he's having second thoughts about marrying Brock and Sheena. Yeah, we all are. As he should. Yeah. Like if also if I was in love and my partner came to me and proposed that we get married on another couple's engagement party trip. I would be like, mm-hmm. we're, I'm calling off the engagement. Like, yeah. why would you ever think? Like, I'd be like, no. I just, I don't know if you, even the people who like go to Vegas to randomly get married in Vegas, are usually people even there have like some bit of a plan that's like they have their own agency and it's like not mm-hmm. someone else's event. Yeah. Like, you're not, like, trying to, like, just be like, oh, this kind of looks like a wedding. Maybe we should make it our wedding. Like. Yeah, that's an insane thing to do. It's just, it's very childlike in in the reasoning and not, but it's coming from an adult man who has two children already. So it's, we can't really just think, like, that it's coming from a harmless place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This man is like responsible for multiple lives across the world. <laughs> across the world, mm-hmm. he has children in every country. He has children Probably. all over the globe. He has sleeper cells. <laughs> <laughs> he will move to Canada next and sire <laughs> another offspring. Yeah. Oh my god. Lisa pretending to breastfeed a Pomeranian is the content I crave. I did feel I did make a note that I said that is me and that is Lara. Like we both That's breastfeed me our dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whip out the tit and put them on. I also was like <laughs> something about Brock filming Lala up close breastfeeding felt extreme. I was like, what is this? I wasn't Wait, comfortable I even, with that. I didn't even realize that Brock was the one behind the camera for that moment. Yeah, it was oh him, God. and I, it started on Lala in such a way that I was like, "This doesn't. This feels sexual." Also, I need to call out that um, the way Tom and Katie like baby talk to each other to this day <laughs> is still so sexless and so disturbing. It makes me feel like I need like a bucket of personal lubricant to ever have sex again. It's yeah. disgusting. And Tom also said to her, like, you know that tub that's in every room that's like out in the open and it's meant to be like you you get in the tub and you have like a sexy bath to like look over the vineyard mm-hmm. he looks at it and he goes oh we're definitely taking a tub as if he was like a toddler like asking his mommy to like sponge bath him <laughs> oh we're definitely gonna take a tub I everything so... about them is asexual yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like, it just made me feel really uncomfortable in this way that I can't explain. Tom Schwartz, I'm like, he later, like, puts on this hat and his whole outfit and vibe is like, (laughs) I was getting angry and wanted to, like, corner him and, like, put him up, like, 
put him hold him up against the wall by his throat and be like take yourself seriously have some fucking pride (laughs) be a man like i wanted to smack him around you've always wanted to do this for for schwartz you've literally tried to do this for schwartz like yeah you literally have and it's not worked it will never it will never happen no. And I'm sad because I do think Katie is like a sexy, voluptuous woman who deserves like deserves truly like a Jason Momoa yeah. type who will like throw her over his shoulder right. and like treat her like a queen and like pleasure her endlessly. And I just mm-hmm. don't see her getting that ever from Tom Schwartz. She needs like she has she needs like a man on like a cover. She needs like Fabio, like a man on a cover yeah. of a romance novel to just like throw her over or like or she needs like a power woman like like just somebody with such a an energy of she needs che diaz she does <laughs> katie does need che diaz she need, we know that she is in a in a place of miranda and steve and she needs che diaz that's when che can come in and i literally before you said that i was like katie needs to cheat like she needs a sexual awakening and the only person that can actually give her that as we know is Mm -hmm. the undeniable (laughs) person that no woman can say no to Mm -hmm. che diaz yeah they would like they would have their way with katie in such a way in front of tom yeah yeah and she would forget who Tom was. She would not mm-hmm. even remember being married to him. She wouldn't even need a divorce because the marriage wouldn't even be mentally present for her. Yeah. She would be like, what marriage? It would be an annulment. It would be as if it they, would the be. marriage never existed. I think also they might look into documents and realize that they never, you know, remember they like never signed yeah, or filed never, their like, marriage license, but I feel like, like they would realize that they didn't yeah. actually do that even the second time that they set mm-hmm. out to. So it would be like they were never married in the first place. That was actually an important lesson for me because I almost did that with like our, we didn't like have our, our friend married us and we like forgot to have her sign the right thing day of. Yeah. We were like that so happened excited. To me in yeah. philadelphia too i was gonna I say wait oh you yeah that happened to you and your marriage didn't <laughs> <laughs> my marriage almost didn't happen almost no didn't i officiated through. a gay wedding in philadelphia shout Amazing. out to dan and sam dan but and sam. i don't i didn't sign those documents yeah, either, so they had to mail them to me so i hope that their wedding went through i i feel like it did me too <laughs> there's a, a wine tasting Charlie came to Santa Inez to drink. Yeah. Which I respect. She's trying. And she takes a yeah, a turkey baster of wine straight mm-hmm. to the dome Amazing. and then continues to just get boozed up. I love that she was like Sheena should be used to swallowing at this point. Mm-hmm. And like she was trying to like have some fun and be saucy and everyone was just being like I hope I never am one of those like married people who makes other people feel like they can't have fun because I'm dead inside. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, (laughs) so many of these couples married or not. Sorry to Tom and Ariana, but they're probably the only ones who earnestly want other people to have fun because I feel like everyone else is like when someone else has fun, it shows me that I am miserable Mm -hmm. and they like aren't. (laughs) Charlie also needs like another young person that's down to be like drunk and kind of yeah truly r.i.p danica the one that got away from the vanderpump universe yeah because she was everything she was starting 
Yeah, always starting. And we need there needs to just be at least one other person that Charlie can like bounce off of because otherwise it's just like she's kind of on an island unto herself. Right. And she's like she was like should I wait for my boyfriend to get here to drink? No. No one else is going to be the party. Like she almost is like doing it begrudgingly cuz she's yeah. like these people aren't fucking fun. I'm like I'm wasted on these losers. <laughs> James keeps complaining about having to pay for all the booze. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was like, this is embarrassing for you and Raquel. And also, like, it's like the cracks in the foundation are so clearly showing. Because he brings it up, like, three separate times. And I was like, you can say it once, and then you can never say it again. But if you're talking... It's not even a funny joke. Like... No. And if it's coming up multiple, it's like, you actually do feel really upset about this and you haven't gotten a chance to like voice that or process that in a healthy way. Do you think he's an AA yet? I truly don't know. I don't keep up with their whatever, like outside of the show. So I wouldn't be able to tell you. We pray. We hope. We hope he's um, not doing this anymore. Like when a sober person is like, I know so many sober people and many of them in their early sobriety would have sort of this trouble with missing out, you know? And I feel Mm -hmm. like James is still living in this world in which alcohol is denied from him. He's not like at peace yet with like, this is like my lifestyle. And like, when you have an event, you pay for the booze and it's like, it could be like a, a kind of funny joke but it's just like coming from him it sounds like he truly is like he wishes that he were having alcohol with everyone else and it's like yeah and he's resentful it makes me feel sad for him yeah because I don't think he sh- I think he is doing really well compared to mm-hmm. the James of yore <laughs> he <laughs> makes a toast at dinner later and he goes ting 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 and he goes, I want to thank everyone for coming. I'm feeling the love. I wouldn't want to spend this with this weekend with anyone else. And I just wrote, imagine having to celebrate your biggest life moments with this crew of people. I know. That you don't even like, you're not even friends with, but they have to be, they have <laughs> to be there for every single one. Every single waking moment of it. And you can't have your real group of friends instead you have to have the whole cast of Vanderpump rules at your engagement party at like any celebration at any like big life achievement right they are there and James is like like, through this show he's had such bad models of like what engagement parties should be like because he's been (laughs) to all the worst engagement parties that have ever happened like Jackson Britney's like also I'm just not a big big fan of like the engagement party as a practice. No. Like it's like you 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 got engaged and maybe you celebrate that but like this whole weekend away to celebrate it I'm like it is very like confusing because it's just like make this the wedding. It's overindulgent. Like, on, thank God they didn't. Thank God they had this insane engagement party that no one really wanted to be at. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like by the way everyone's like We're in Italy. (laughs) Like, (laughs) sorry to Italy. (laughs) But I'm also like, this is the nicest vacation spot that any of these people have ever been to. It's literally nicer than anything Jackson Brittany ever did. And I love that Ariana got in her dig where she was like, this is nicer than a Kentucky castle. (laughs) It is. Work. Raquel has taste and class. Gorgeous queen. She, I mean, she's come so far. We love her. We love and support her and we uplift her. 
James is also, I feel it's important to point out, wearing an Hermes bangle. James is, James has better style than literally everyone else on the show. And (laughs) always has. Like, he's throwing down. He's Mummy's like Saks Fifth Avenue boy. He's like Mummy's, remember she said he was like, he used to be running around. She goes, he took his first steps in a fucking Tiffany's. Like, Yeah, that's yeah. So of course he's wearing a Laura. Of course he's wearing a bangle. Yeah. How could you deny him his bangle? I was like, I love that about him. Not yeah. even a watch, just like a full blown bangle. He's wearing a chunky. He's wearing a Stassi he's statement necklace. <laughs> a chunky bracelet. <laughs> we love that. And then really like the rest of this episode is like Sandoval. <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling a we, need to like. I do. I know we need to end. Like wrap it the been, fuck up. We've been talking for five hours. We have literally. It's been so long, and I really appreciate you on this marathon journey because I was like, "This is a, see, this is why. This is why I feel bad. Like I'm oppressing people to you're talk not. about the show." But no, I no, know. No, this that has you're been a very. This has down. been a very important therapeutic experience for me, and I hope some listeners will will experience that also mm-hmm. um i do have to say you know the rest of the episode we have the paint and sip and a bunch of bullshit but yeah. i did i did want to say that james i he was so excited during the paint and sip i hate saying mm-hmm. paint and sip <laughs> i hate <laughs> what it what the fuck is that why is this an activity <sighs> to but say painting we're gonna paint. <laughs> when when james was <laughs> drinking and painting with a bunch of people <laughs> When these adults were having a deranged little arts and crafts class, um, <laughs> he was really like grooving in it in such a way that I feel he could really benefit from like a Hunter Biden turn. Do you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Just doing like really just give James like an art shed. And like, I know that he has his music, but I feel like he's ready to do some mixed media and really mm-hmm. explore like paint and don't sip for him. Yeah. And have, like, he can do the artist's way and see what else, yeah. like, comes through. James needs to do his morning pages and he see does. what comes up. Also, I was mad at the paint and sip ladies because I thought that, I, to me, I would think that you can paint whatever you want. And they said, okay, we're going to be painting this tree over here. And then made everyone no, paint yeah. a random tree. No, it's always like that. I've never been to one of these me neither i just want to call that out (laughs) i don't think you'll ever catch i'd never say never but i also just don't think you'll ever be catching me at a paint and sip for me something that's been important for me over the last couple years is realizing that i really don't like going and doing things where alcohol is one of the central like points of uh what's happening so like mm-hmm. paint and sip implies that i really do in order to have fun you need to be fucking bombed <laughs> like and i don't like i know that i'm being dramatic about that but at the same time that really is what it is and like that is what I, it is i love that for people who are having fun with that but i've i've realized that those things are actually not what i enjoy so no. if i need to be like getting bombed to do something it probably fucking sucks and that's how those things go is they like show you it. It's literally like they show you like a picture 
and then you paint your version of it and then everyone like holds them up and you're like oh my god you're so crazy yours looks nothing like the tree and that's like mm-hmm. this supposed to be like the lol it's a lot of hoops to jump through <laughs> for a low level lol yeah. at the end of that entire endeavor yeah i don't think it really pays off that's what i'm saying james's tree also looked like markedly different from everyone else's and i was like this yeah. is actually fascinating from like a psychological perspective That's his Kanye the way coming his, through yeah i was like his has mm-hmm. like pathos in it and like mm-hmm. there's something <laughs> happening you're very right he should be he should be doing more art he should look at some of hunter biden's work and then maybe some of george w bush's work Mm-hmm. and see what how they've had their second act as visual artists and do you think james is the same way as kanye and is like synesthetic like when james like looks at a color he like tastes something probably i mean probably. he calls himself the white kanye for a reason right. yeah that's i do believe that there's some level of genius there mm-hmm. he is a compelling character I wonder what's going on with Lala and James at this point. That's something I haven't really checked in on. Yeah. Like, I've, I have questions about that, but I'm not going to look into it because Googling these people. No. Like upsets me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like is Lala coming back next season? Is Raquel coming back next season? That was what I was wondering with these. Like, I mean, obviously you're going to, you're going to dig into these apps. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I can't believe you're going to record more podcasts about this like I know you are and I want you to but I also I am know. feeling I'm fe- empathically I'm sensing that it's a lot but I am imagining just the light at the end of the tunnel I'm like three more episodes yeah mercifully there were only two reunion episodes yeah. thank god so it's like three more episodes and then I'm free three more and the and reunion so is just, really it's like, invigorating it's like lightning yeah, in the bottle it's yeah. like it's the show's rebirth and that's scary to me because I know that this show has never been able to evolve in the way that it should mm-hmm. like they've always regressed and regressed and regressed yeah so, and maybe this is like a new era but yeah they always knows. get worse is the thing Sorry to be a bummer, you guys. No, but... <laughs> you only speak truth. <laughs> I am here to to be honest. And I do think that, I don't know, I feel like Raquel probably won't come back. And that'll be sad because I've like kind of really grown to love her in the show. Same. And I am invested in her journey. But I mm-hmm. also don't think she can accomplish her goal of working with special needs children uh, special needs children i don't think that's really... and being on vanderpump rules <laughs> yeah, at the I don't same think... time i was saying to <laughs> i was saying to my husband <laughs> like, i've really my a... husband i've become a wife guy woman mm-hmm. i was saying that i feel like i would not trust someone with my child if they were on vanderpump rules no. Like if I had if I was looking for a caretaker for my child or an educator, I would not one of my criteria would probably be that they are not on a Bravo reality show. Yeah. So I think they need to be career, done with that part of their life and like ready to move forward in a different way. And I think Raquel <laughs> has been 
the best she's the best case scenario of someone that's entered this universe and is not like Broken. her life her life and reputation has not been irreparably damaged from being on the show i mean she's one of the only people to walk away from it in a graceful Unscathed. way mm-hmm. yeah like everyone else has gotten burned by this and like if you i mean billy billy lee like is someone like, who... who's billy <laughs> <laughs> that's she's like done interviews where she's like the darkest place i was ever in in my life was vanderpump rules and like yeah. i wanted to die the, the only thing worse than being a cast member on vanderpump rules is being is a <laughs> being a fan and then the only thing darker than that is being a member of a marginalized community Mm -hmm. and being a cast member on Vanderpump Rules being used by Jax Taylor for like woke points yeah that was literally like what he was like doing when she was on Mm -hmm. the show so just (sighs) awful well I'm glad I got to process this with you because I was one of the listeners maybe feeling you're feeling your absence with these episodes but I also mm-hmm. felt like the end of Goodwill Hunting when like Ben Affleck goes to like look for Matt Damon's character and then he just like looks in and there's no one there and he's like happy mm-hmm. that his friend is like living his truth that's how I felt with you not recording these episodes Thanks. but I'm glad I appreciate that <laughs> I'll finish what I started but I'll make everyone pay for it yeah that's- with Two hour and 30 minute long episodes. (laughs) Oh my God, no. Oh no. I appreciate you taking three hours out of your life (laughs) that you will never get back to talk with me about the show. Yeah, no. And I love that you're a woman of mystery, so no one can weigh in with you or follow up with you. You can't follow me anywhere. Yeah. I have a sub stack, I guess. Oh, what's your sub stack? It's called too depressing. (laughs) Hell yeah. Like T-O-O depressing. And that's my Mm -hmm. sub stack. But honestly, don't subscribe because I don't. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing a plug for people to stay away from me. I love that. My, My plugs are don't find me. I'm unfindable. I'm living off Mm -hmm. the grid. I'm Ted Kaczynski. And if you do find me, don't subscribe. Don't look at me. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. It's the anti-Stassi. Yeah. Sorry and thank you. (laughs) Until next time. Until next time. Bye. (laughs) Ain't nobody got me feeling like